such a long agenda in a very long time. So I'm sure we'll mean business today. All in all, we have about seven items um, which we have to deal with today. So let's try and deal with those items. Without really further ado, let me allow Valerie to give us the apologies. Valerie? Chair, there is an apology from the minister who's attending the presidential retreat. And then there is an apology from Mr. Manglu. He's on the ad hoc committee and they are traveling this morning. So he said he'll hope to, um, to, to log in, but it might not be possible because of uh, the traveling. Is the deputy minister here? I have not seen the deputy minister logging in yet, there is no apology as we speak. I only received it from the minister. So up until when do we receive apologies, Valerie? Throughout the um, whole meeting or at this point? Before, before when the meeting. With this, when we have dealt with this item of apologies, then we take it that uh, anybody who does not fall within this category at this point has not apologized. Am I... Am I Reading it uh, wrongly, Valerie, please help me. Um, you're correct, Chair. So we, I'm not hoping to get a, a, an apology right towards the end of the meeting, saying no, we've just received an apology when when we are too close. Eh? Chair. Honorable Chair. Who's, who's calling me now? I don't know where to, where to raise my hands. My name is Zakele Twala. I'm from the Department of Transport. I'm doing civil aviation. Yes. I carry the apologies of the DG and the DM. Yeah, you must you must process them on time. Um, next time, what is happening to the DG and the DM? Uh, uh, they, they, they're involved in other unavoidable business. Okay, the unavoidable business. So ours is avoidable. I I, I get you. <clears throat> Next time we we'll make ours also unavailable. But thank you, uh, Honorable McDonald. Uh, Chairperson, thank you. Um, sorry, I didn't want to uh, interfere, Chairperson, but I agree with you, Chairperson, that these two apologies are not accepted, Chairperson, and we must. Um, um, uh, be harsh um, and 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 because it's become a trend of the department and the ministry not to attend our meeting, Chairperson, and I think it needs to be noted. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, can we then move uh, with those? Um, um, that said, can we then move to the next item? Uh, I'm trying to be business-like today, as I've said. We do have a lot of work. Uh, our first agenda on the item, or the first item on the agenda is deliberations on the National Road Traffic Amendment Bill final consideration of updated list of amendments. Um, I wouldn't say, um, okay, my Leonard, uh, advocate, are you here? <clears throat> advocate, 
Greetings, Chairperson and the members. Myself is present to assist on the National Road Traffic Amendment Bill, Chair. Okay, are you ready today? I can see you are ready and able and energetic. Um, let's allow you, Pumelele. <clears throat> uh, I, <clears throat> I thought uh, Advocate uh, Almanel will introduce, but uh, thank you very much. Let's allow you then to, without any waste of time, to take us through. Oh, I'm sorry for that interruption, Chairperson. Thank you so much for that. If I may ask the team to, to flight the ADs that was sent to the members by Ms. Haricharen to Valerie. Chairperson, um, while they assist us doing that, and thank you for also pointing out that the committee, the committee agenda is bumper to bumper today. So, Chairperson, with your permission and the members uh, as well, I would just like to indicate firstly where we are with this bill. And because the bill had already in its content on the proposed amendments been addressed and presented to the committee and in our meeting before the last one, the content was actually adopted and approved by the members. So with the permission of the chairperson, I just want to indicate first that I believe we are in National Assembly Rule 286, uh, subsection 4K, which reads as follows, the committee may recommend approval or rejection of the bill or present with its report an amended bill or a redraft of the bill, provided that in the case of a redraft, the subject of the bill has not been extended without the permission of the assembly as contemplated in paragraph B and C. Clearly, Chairperson, in our purposes, the committee has decided to do an amendment to the bill that was introduced and that is why we have these proposed amendments. What, what had to be adapted, what had to be updated previously, Chairperson, was the part on the memorandum on the objects of the bill. Consequentially, because the content had already been cleared and adopted, as well as make sure that the arrangement of sections, which is the index of the bill, is corrected and up to date in line with the provisions, Chairperson. So that is the update that needed to happen, and that is the document that the committee has today, having dealt with that update and done the, the, the necessary consequential changes throughout all the clauses that were, were proposed for changes. We have done that correction, Chairperson, and I think, as I said, because the committee is very much uh, backed backed up today with the, 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 the things that it must attend to. Um, I'm not sure if then I will need to go through each provision or just as pointed out, Chairperson, and the document is been plighted. All the changes that were done have been, that, that were requested by the committee and deliberated have been effected. And what happens on the memorandum on the objects of the bill basically is the summary of each clause and indicating what was happening. So what we have done in this instance is to ensure that the clauses that had to be to be to be to be rejected and taken away have been taken out 
and so that there will be no confusion when anyone looks at the process as to what happened to this bill and what was done by the parliament of the, by the parliament as the legislature in the national level of of, of government chairperson so chairperson that is basically what we have done and as a team we looked at this document and we ensured that all the changes and the cross-referencing is done. And what must happen now, should the members accept this document as the proposed amendments to the Bill B7 of 2020, we will then get permission from the committee management and ensure that the CREDA process is done and the quality checking of the two documents, the A-list, as agreed to and adopted by the committee is then presented. And then the B version of the B will also be presented and be the one under which, under the same rule of the National Assembly rules 289, is deliberated clause by clause. And therefore, Chairperson, with those few words, I am presenting the proposed and amended A list to the draft bill. Um, B7 of 2020 and request that it be accepted and as 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 it appears and then we can do the process that follows and in our following meeting then clause by clause on the B version of the bill will then be deliberated by members chairperson with your guidance i may then know whether i need to go through each clause or it's sufficient that we've, we've indicated as we have indicated. I thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Mayor uh, Pumelele. Um, honorable members, the AGs, are we willing to accept or we want uh, clause by clause? Uh, honorable uh, McDonald. Uh, honorable Chair. Yes. Who's, yeah, who's... Chairperson, thank you. Um, um, okay. I think um, we are, uh, we are, uh, myself, I think it's, um, um, it's sufficient the way that it's been explained to us and uh, we accept it like that, Chairperson. I see a brown hand uh, raised violently. Let me hear. Mlegas. Uh, uh, good morning, Chairperson, and my apologies for joining the committee slightly later than um, than the rest. Um, it is great to see everybody. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, Chairperson, I propose that we do accept. Therefore, I concur to my colleague's proposal, Honorable MacDonald. But it is rather important to distinguish the changes from what was um, uh, carried over from the original document. And if we could then just get indications of those, uh, it would be very helpful to understand the improvements. Thank you, Chepers. I am always appreciating your eloquence, eloquence on, on issues um, and your usage of language. Uh, believe you me, I am benefiting a lot uh, by your presence in this meeting. Ms. Pumelele. Chairperson, thank you very much. I will quickly go through the clauses, um, starting from 
the, 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 what we call the long title. The long title in the, in the proposed A-list chairperson appears at the end of the proposal. The changes that were done there are the ones that relate to the alcohol content increase, which was um, taken out because the members pointed and deliberated that they would rather have the principal act as it stands in terms of the blood alcohol content. Um, and it was one chairperson just running through, which is the section on the, on the, on the definitions the body builder was, was, was corrected to align with what appears in the, in the regulations as the members deliberated. Emergency services was also corrected um, on page three, as well as the definition for instructor in line with the public submissions, Chairperson, that the members um, concentrated on as well as considered seriously. It was also amended. And also the definition for motor vehicle, while still on page four of the introduced bill, it was corrected, Chairperson, as well as a pedal cycling. And before, after the definition of pedal cycling, just before the definition for reserve traffic warden, the members and out of the deliberations by the public had requested that we also effect the definition for public road, and that definition has also been um, effected accordingly as it appears on the proposed list. And then furthermore, Chairperson, that was the end in respect of the definitions. And then on clause two, Chairperson, which is the provision that was dealing with the qualifications of the relevant officers, there, Jefferson, we've also effected uh, just a few changes. Uh, amongst them was the inclusion of the reserve traffic warden, which for some reason had not been part of these provisions in the, in the respective principal act. And then we move Jefferson to clause three. Again, clause three was effecting the corrections in relation to the above point that I've just made about the reserve traffic wardens. And then it also clause four on page six in line uh, 52 and 53 Chaperson, where in respect of clause four Chaperson, again, we are doing the same consequential changes that the other previous sections had, had, had received. And then we quickly move Chaperson to clause five, uh, and clause five was, was, was making changes to the minimum requirements for registration of the inspectors of licenses. And because we are also making changes in respect of the permit, the driving permits as the issue of the international uh, driving permits was raised by the members. That's why there's also this consequential change in respect of clause five. And then we quickly move to clause seven, Chairperson. And the changes that are being are being effected in clause seven relates to section three I of the principal act, and this is where we had to add reference to the criminal um, to the criminal procedure act when dealing with impounded vehicles. 
And then Chairperson, we move to clause eight. Clause eight was merely correcting the, the, the title of the of 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 the section that was being amended, which was uh, section uh, clause eight, which was amending three L as well. And then we move to clause nine. Uh, this is the one also chairperson where members did ask that in order to address this issue, all traffic laws that are applicable must be kept in mind. And that is the change, the proposed change that is being effected there. And then after clause 10 chairperson, the change is quickly on to clause 14, where clause 14 where clause 14 chairperson is dealing with the appointment of inspectors for manufacturers and uh, builders and all those that are mentioned there and what happened there chairperson in 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 in, in clause 13 that change would just relate to the definition as made on body builders whilst on clause 14 it's the the, the 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 misalignment that we picked up and the repetition that was happening between clause 14 and clause 15. So the the the, the clarity and amendment that we are doing there, Chairperson, is to reject clause 14 and do all the corrections under clause five, under clause 15. I'm sorry. That is why it appears that uh, clause uh, clause eight. Clause 14, which deals with Section 8, will be repealed from the Principal Act, and Clause 15 then will capture what was in Section 8 of the Principal Act. And then, Chairperson, moving without wasting too much time, it was straight to Clause 17, and Clause 17 was those issues of juristic person and person uh, or body. It's that consequential change that is done there. And same thing with clause 18, Chairperson. Excuse me. Clause 18, we are removing what is redundant so that the principal act can read better, can read better in terms of using those juristic persons and individual persons as we legally understand it. And then clause 19, 20, and 21 are those that the committee after deliberations felt that the changes are not necessary. And therefore, the effect of rejecting such clauses is that the existing principal sections of the Act will remain as they are. So clause 19, 20, and 21 will be coming out. Um, and then clause 22, clause 22, Chairperson sought to insert a new provision which was also clause 15A dealing with how licenses must be returned. Also that one, the committee felt we should get rid of it and that is what will happen. So the principal act will not have a 15A, but when the amendment passes through, it will just remain as it stands at section 15 without having section 15A. Then we move to clause 24, which had another amendment pertaining to the use of person. And as we legally understand the definition, so that one is also going to be corrected. And then the big one, Chaperson, was that one on clause 28. 
And clause 28 is the one which was is amending section 23, the one that deals with the international permits, the permits in this country, and what the members had deliberated that at least there should be some ways in which all the permits are ensured, even if it's an international permit and approved and supported in line with the existing conventions, but that it should also give a chance the authorities within the territory to ensure that all the compliance with the laws um, of the country as they are is, is, is exactly in that regard. And that is what the new proposed Clause 28 will deal with so that it amends Section 23 of the Act. And then, Chairperson, the next change is effected in Clause 37. And Clause 37 also, Chairperson, was the issue related um, licensing issues and the driver's permits. And what we are effecting there, Chairperson, is to ensure that if on, on the issues that were raised about employing persons maybe outside who are coming from outside of the country and not having the documents, instead of making a huge task upon them, which the initial weights of the bill were indicating as if in some instance they would have to ensure that these people have the relevant documents and driving permits at their expense. And the members pointed out that we should rather do the correction in terms of the wording that is preferred. And that is exactly what proposed clause 37 is doing. And then in respect of clause 38, Chairperson, it's also a consequential change that is happening there with the additions that were taking place in respect of, uh, in respect of correcting what must happen in relation to driving permits. Clause, clause 41, Chairperson, is the one that deals with the delegation. And just to make sure that everything was clear in terms of extending the delegation powers is to ensure that it remains with the official or the, or the functionary that must deal with the, 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 the sub-delegated power of regulations or, or any other thing, but the regulations must be made by the minister or the MEC and not necessarily any function. So that's the effective correction that we are bringing as clarity in respect of clause one. In respect of clause 46, moving forward, Chairperson, it's the one that is rejected and it is the provision that was dealing with the blood alcohol content. So it's coming out in its entirety. And the same as clause 47, clause 47 is also coming out. There will be no changes that are affected there. Um, and then we move to clause 49. It was also a consequential correction just to make sure that the language of the statute is clear on, on, on when we talk about laws of any province, which are normally called ordinances, we are correcting that because this is a matter of a section 76 subject uh, competent functionality. Therefore, we're we, we inserting that it must be prescribed requirements which may come from any part of, of, of government, be it provincially or 
from national level when 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 regulatory framework is is done in line with the act and then chairperson the next change is effected on clause 50 where we were asked by the members to make sure that the may turns into must so that um it is compulsory to do what is required there uh, when dealing with the applications in respect of this kind of vehicles that are addressed in section 81 of the principal act and then chairperson it was the amendment for the as i said the arrangement of sections because there are those that are coming out and the initial introduced bill had impacted on the arrangement of sections for the principal act. So in order to ensure that technically that confusion does not translate into the act, we've done the corrections as well in light of the arrangement of sections. And the last part, which I've already spoken to Chairperson, is the long title, but in line with the drafting conventions, we are required to put it at the end. We've therefore corrected the long title at the end as such. And then it's the last part on the memorandum of the objects of the bill, which, as I said, it's the summary of each and every clause just to ensure that people follow on the process that the, 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 the legislative processing of this bill followed whenever they want to have an understanding on the background and everything about the bill. And that is all, Chairperson, and I thank Advocate for assisting me in respect of lighting and rushing through as I was also running through the, the, the amendments. I hope, Chairperson, that answers and fulfills the request as made by the members to quickly make sure what are the changes and what it dealt with. I thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Mepumelele. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. It was most helpful. Uh, Chairperson, can I ask that we just look at the definition of motor vehicle, if that is uh, defined um, separately, motor vehicle, please. Okay, yes. Um, we are searching for motor vehicle. We will come across it <clears throat> now, now. Honorable Onsinga. Uh, Chairperson, I would like to point out um, at the formal definition, um, which is listed as N um, sub 2, um, mm -hmm. where it is indicated that it is a vehicle with a mass not exceeding 230 kilograms. Um, and that this, in effect, would exclude trucks. Whereas the reference in Clause 37 um, is particular to a person not being allowed uh, to, to uh, drive a motor vehicle in a condition of being unlicensed. So I'm just uh, um, pointing out the alignment of those two issues. Thank you, Chair. Otherwise, we are happy with the rest. 
Yes, thank you, Chairperson. We could look at this uh, when we when we really go through it clause by clause. So close, close if we close, could just yeah. make a note and let it stand out of thank you, Chairperson, and thank you to um, Pulala. It was most helpful. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Um, you had already thanked uh, um, those you those who helped you. Um, we will then wait for a clause to clause with the, the highlighting of the motor vehicle. Honorable uh, Ketamabala. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Chair, I was see if they can go to close seven. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Let's let's do so. If there's anybody who wants to raise a hand, let me see those hands so that we don't go back and forth. Okay. So this is the last hand. Last seven, we are there, Mondisa. Yes, 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 honorable chairperson. I was checking under, under Wardens. Where is Wardens there? Warden. Mm. Um, on page number four, just below, just above clause seven. Yes. On page seven in line with 12 after warden insert or notice officer. That's under clause six, Chairperson, not seven. Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just above clause, uh, clause seven, it's clause six, you are right. Um, So what were you checking, uh, Babu Keta? I was checking the chairperson the if they are talking about the reserve uh, traffic wardens. Uh, because my, my concern there is that uh, we, we have a lot of reserve uh, traffic wardens, especially in different municipalities. These are, are going to be controlled nationally or is going to be is centralized as it's supposed to be, or either it's going to be in the provinces and, 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 and municipalities. Can we quickly help uh, the honorable member? Although, although we are just highlighting today the changes that we said must be inserted, honorable um, Ketamabala, the the reason why we we highlighted all the changes is that we wanted members to ascertain whether what we said should be changed has actually be, been changed. But uh, because you have already raised this issue, um, are you in a position to respond? With your permission, Chairperson, can I ask that Advocate Maha to quickly answers that one because he will better explain for the members in line with practically what's happening. Thank you, Chairperson, if that's okay. That is okay. I hear what you are saying, ma'am. I'm sure members are also hearing what you are saying. Advocate, quickly, can you ask, um, uh, assist in terms of explanation? Yes, Chairperson. Uh, uh, good morning to everyone. 
uh, and other colleagues on the platform. Uh, appointment uh, of officers chairperson is covered under section three, capital A of the National Road Traffic Act. The appointment of traffic wardens, uh, we are simply putting it out there and then municipalities, if there is a need for services of such or the MECs as the case may be, they will be, be able to make those kind of appointments, uh, Chairperson. It's as simple as that. This is in line with that transitional provision clause that we've always been making reference. Thank you, Chairperson. <coughs> I'm covered, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We're now moving away from this. Uh, my understanding is that uh, um, Honorable McDonald had moved that we accept this, and Honorable Hunsinger um, seconded, uh, but uh, also said, let's, before we do that, let's just deal with the, um, uh, the changes that we have done for record purposes. Is that my understanding, Honorable Members, for record purposes? Uh, thank you very much. I see. Uh, okay. S somebody is violently saying that should be repeated. <laughs> Valerie. Uh, yes, Valerie. Hey, my hand was definitely not up. Um... Oh, I saw something. Uh, have you seen... Uh, Hands from members saying they agree with me, and from uh, uh, Honorable Lone Singer, and uh, that was seconded by Honorable Ketamaba. Thank yes, you very much. Asking. Thank you, thank you, Valerie. Um, I just want us to make sure that we do the right things this morning. Uh, how how long is this process taking to come back, Valerie? Okay, um, the next step will now be for us to um, request proofs of the A and the B version of the bill from CREDA and um, to bring it to the committee chair, um, the next step will be then the clause by clause deliberations and adoption of the report on this bill if there are not any other issues that comes up during the clause by clause deliberations. But um, the proofs, uh, we will do our best here to get the proofs ready and circulate it to members after it has been checked by all the, all the um, legal advisors and get it to members hopefully by, by Friday afternoon. Valerie, that settles this item. Item number two, deliberations on the economic regulation of transport bill. Feedback on matters of the 22nd of March, 2022, and presentation on the updated list of amendments. Can we get the legal mind that is leading us on this one?
Um, good morning, Chairperson. This is Deloshni Gangan, the Parliamentary Legal Advisor. Um, Chairperson, I firstly just need to apologize. I'm joining your meeting via my cell phone because I'm in another committee meeting on my laptop. So it's not allowing me to access my video. So my apologies for that. Um, Chairperson, I just want to greet all the members um, and to thank the members for the, pat for the patience um, regarding the last meeting that we had. <clears throat> Chairperson, you will recall that the state law advisor um, was ill and we then postponed for the finalization of the A-list. So what had happened in the interim is that I had finalized an A-list and I had sent it to the department and to the state law advisor. Unfortunately, uh, the state law advisor was still um, ill, but she has now managed with the department and myself to finalize the A-list in accordance with the committee's instructions as per the last meeting. So Ms. Haricharan is present this morning and she will take the committee through the amended A-list um, as agreed to between the department, myself and, and the state law advisor's office. Thank you, Chairperson. Metilosin Kanjin, thank you very much. Can we welcome Mem Harijaran? Good morning, Chairperson, and good morning to the members. Um, yes, Chairperson, just to um, echo what's been said by the Parliamentary Law Advisor, um, subsequent to the bill being published again, for public comments um, due to the inclusion of the new clause four and other clauses um, subsequent to the republishing of the bill, we've addressed the further issues of the members in the updated A-list. Um, as mentioned by the Parliamentary Law Advisor, we've worked as a team with the Parliamentary Law Advisor and the Department to capture the further amendments in the updated A-list uh, chairperson. Um, Chairperson, if I may, please get some direction from the chairperson and the members. Uh, would they would it please the committee to go through the entire the whole A list again, or would the members prefer to discuss the uh, further amendments and updates to the A list? Thank you, Chairperson. Um. Thank you very much. Uh, Mayor um, um members, let's hear your say on this one. We are pleased to be back, Mayor Sharon. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, to apologize, I was very unwell, but I'm glad to be back. Thank you, Chairperson. It's okay. Do we want to follow the uh, process as uh, initiated by maybe so that we we cut short? Would you be so kind, Mayor Sharon? Um, um, to quickly highlight those um, 
matters that are updated? Yes, Chairperson. Thank you, Chairperson. I will do that. Thank you. Okay. We can uh, thank you as well to Advocate now for flagging the updated A list to the members. Um, if we refer to the updated A list document and clause one, point number five. Um, point number five, it provides for the inclusion of the definition of president on page seven after line 22 to insert the definition, to insert the following definition. President means the president of South Africa, president of the Republic of South Africa. And thereafter the following change that was um, further included into the updated A-list is to close four on page two of the updated A-list. Close four to the updated A-list um, the, the, to include the, in the uh, clause 11.1 to include the words any other as was agreed to by the members uh, during the previous deliberations. So clause, if I may read clause one, the uh, updated, uh, the updated amended clause 11.1 will now read, the minister may in consultation with the regulator from time to time by notice in the Gazette, declare that any other regulator, any other regulators in no particular order are consolidated into the regulator Subsection uh, paragraph A, including the following regulators, but not limited to one cross border road transport agency, two national public transport regulator, three air service licensing council, four international service, international air services council, and five any other regulator. Paragraph B. If the minister has determined that one or more of the regulators referred to in subsection one has been incorporated, the department must produce a report from conducting a review of their performance and capabilities, including the initiation of the legislative reform required to facilitate incorporation of these regulators within three years from the effective date and from time to time thereafter. In in point in subsection uh, in in eleven two, the requested changes have also been included there, as suggested by um, Western Cape uh, Department, uh, Western Cape Government, and was agreed to by the uh, department and the members during previous deliberations. Um, in previous deliberations, all just swap. Subsection two and B, two B and C to swap the order of those clauses around. So clause eleven two will now read: Before the minister may consider making a determination contemplated in subsection one, the department, in the prescribed manner and form, must publish the relevant report contemplated in eleven one B in the Gazette within the prescribed period. Paragraph B may conduct public hearings on the matter in appropriate circumstances, and paragraph C 
must publish in the Gazette a notice that such a determination is being considered and invite public submissions in response to the notice. Those were what was suggested for clause four, Jefferson. If we may move to page four of the updated game list and clause 10. The new suggested clause for inclusion was to omit section 10 and to substitute following section 10. Um, if I may read from the updated data, clause 10 would now read, an entity has been granted access approval in terms of section 9142, may cede or transfer any or all of its access rights to the third party in condition that paragraph A, the entity must first notify the infrastructure owner and regulator of its intention to see or transfer access rights. Paragraph B, the entity ensures that all obligations remain fulfilled. And paragraph C, third parties may not see or transfer such access rights to any operator. That was clause 10. Um, if you move to clause 11 on the same page four, uh, the change is for as to a point one under point one of clause 11. On page 12, from line 34 to omit paragraph B and to substitute the following paragraph. Paragraph B would now read, to set service standards and a price rebate mechanism, if such service standards are not met, in respect of any activity that is subject to the price control, semicolon or full stop. Those are the proposed changes to clause 11. Um, move forward to your question. Over the page to page five of the updated A list. Um, clause 42. The following change was made to clause 42 um, to provide for the um, requirements regarding research requests to the regulator. On page 24, after line 26, to insert the following section, insert the following subsection. Uh, subsection three, any request for research made to the regulator must be considered on the merits of its reasonableness and benefits to industry, after which funding arrangements will be made by the regulator and other interested parties as may be necessary. So that has now been updated and included into clause 42, Chairperson. Moving forward, Chairperson. Further, the members to page eight of the updated A list was 56. Yes, clause 56. This was the clause in the um in the bill dealing with subpoenas, chairperson. And clause 56 has now been amended and updated in the list to read point one. On page 30 and line 26, to insert a new subsection one as follows. The uh, proposed amendment is to allow for the um, request to, for people to be allowed to um, agree to voluntary inspections if the, if the circumstances arises. This was the purpose of this amendment. Um, under clause 56.1. So point one now reads on page 30 in clause 56.1, on page 30 in line 26, to insert a new subsection one as follows. 
subsection 1 at any time during an investigation but prior to the issuing of a subpoena contemplated in subsection 2 an inspector or investigator must afford person being investigated an opportunity to participate in a voluntary inspection flowing from that subsequent numbering will change uh, in that section chairperson as well but um, i think please would attend to that automatically chairperson that was changes to clause 56 um, if I'm going to find committee to the following change on page 11 of the A list. This is the changes on schedule one. Yes, schedule is, this is under schedule one of the bill point 20. Um, this was the uh, consequential amendments to the Airports Company Act. And um, Point 20, the change to the subsequent change to the consequential change to the airport company act. Point 20 on page 38 in line 20 to substitute the work to substitute minister with regulator with regulator being undermined. The last chairperson, if you may require the committee to page 14 of the updated A list. Point number 31. This is also changed under the schedule one of bill chairperson um, on page 39 of the bill. This proposed amendment is to allow for the inclusion and reference to the Municipal Fiscal Powers Act, Powers and Functions Act as was um, previously deliberated one and suggested. Um, so point 31 in schedule one, on page 30, the amendment would read point 31, on page 39 after line 27, to insert the following item, subsection two, section 21 of the National Land Transport Act 2009, Act number five of 2009 is hereby amended by the substitution in section, subsection one for the words preceding paragraph A of the following words. Um, in inverted commas, subsection one, subject to the provisions of the Municipal Fiscal Powers and Functions Act 2007, Act number 12 of 2007, other relevant legislation and subject to any price controls determined by the transport economic regulator, Established by Section 29 of the Economic Regulation and Transport Act 2022, a municipality which has established a municipal land transport fund. In terms of Section 27 of the National Land Transport Act 2009, Act Number 5 of 2009, may impose user charges which may differ from case to case, comma, on long dash, closing by commas. So that is the proposed amendment in Schedule 1, Chairperson. And the chairperson that would include um, the proposed changes from the previous meeting subsequent to the second publication of the bill for further public comments. Thank you, Chairperson. Are you done, Mayor? 
Yes, Chairperson, I am. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I was looking at the screen rolling, so I thought, uh, uh, members, let me come back to you. To have you say you want to um, adopt the changes so that we can move to the next. Uh, Honorable McDonald. Uh, thank you, Jay. Um, I move for the adoption of the changes um, as submitted and um, so that the bill can continue, Chairperson. Thank you. Um, any seconder? Peter, Honorable Peter May. Second. Thank you very much. Uh, Honorable Ketamabala. I seconded Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much. That settles this then. Thank you very much, um, the members. Um, can we then move to item number three? Item number three is also feedback from the parliamentary legal advisor on the draft list of amendments to the National Land Transport Amendment Bill on the matters uh, pertaining to the president's reservations on the bill. Parliamentary legal advisor, I guess is the one we're talking to earlier this morning. Uh, good morning, Chair. Uh, my name is Nolutandum Pikashe from Parliamentary Legal Services. I will be um, taking the members through the proposed list. Um, if you can allow how me to... How are you, Nolotando? I am fine, Chepesin. Thank you. And how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Uh-huh. That's what I was asking. Thank <laughs> you very much. You can continue. <laughs> thank you, Chair. Um, I will just share my screen, um, um, which will show the presentation that I will be taking the members through. Um, Chair, the, the e-list was shared uh, by Valerie with the members. Um, this is the presentation just to give um, context to what is being said in the e-list. I will first, um, just as a background chair, to remind uh, members that um, the bill, as you have correctly stated, Chair, was uh, referred back to Parliament by the President in terms of Section 79 of the Constitution. The president um, raised reservations um, on clause seven of the bill. Clause seven uh, amends section 11 of the act and the amendment seeks to provide that municipalities may enter into new contracts for public transport services only where they meet a certain criteria that will be prescribed by the minister. The provisions have also been inserted to empower provinces to intervene if necessary, enter into contracts themselves where municipalities do not comply with the prescribed requirements or the criteria. The president has a reservation um, 
that Clause 7A appears to confer on national government a power to conclude wide range of contracts concerned irrespective of whether the contracts are national or provincial in scope or merely local in scope. The president then said that this appears to be in conflict with the principle that national and provincial governments are not generally permitted by legislation to assume the local government functions for themselves. The president also raised a reservation on Clause 7B, and he stated that the clause appears to allow provinces to conclude um, relevant public transport contracts with operators, which appears to be again in conflict with the principle that national and provincial governments are not permitted to assume local government functions for themselves. Also, the president raised a reservation in terms of um, 7H and M, and um, the reservation is related to that. Yes, sir. Sorry for the interruption. The, the presentation is not moving. The presentation is, is moving verbally, but is not moving on the screen. Oh, apologies for that, Chair. I don't know what could be the problem. Mm. Is it moving now, Shay? It's still standing there. Is it still on the first page? National Land Transport Amendment Bill e-list, that's where it is. Sure. I don't know what could be the problem, Chair. Maybe Valerie could assist? Because from my side, it is moving. Aha. Uh-huh. Now, you see that uh-huh. that has made it to make uh, my honorable members happy because it is now moving. Continue. Okay. Thank you, Chair. Apologies for that. As I was saying, Chair, the president has also raised a reservation on Clause 7H and M, and um, the reservation is mostly related to the fact that um, the powers that are granted in 7H and M are made subject to the new um, Section 11.6, which deletes a provision that would allow for the functions to be assigned by the minister and instead vest the contracting authority automatically in the province. The president has reservations that this is inconsistent with the constitution and the principle that, again, national and provincial governments are not permitted to assume local government functions for themselves. Clause 7i is part of the package of amendments that the bill makes provision um, to the division of responsibilities between national, provincial, and local government. then uh, the president also had a reservation in terms of um, 7J, 7K, and L, and he said that it is not clear whether the intent and effect of clauses 7J to L of the bill is to preclude the assignment powers contemplated in section 156.4 of the Constitution. Now, the proposed A list is to deal uh, with those reservations. The committee would remember that the department came and presented 
after I had presented an opinion and asked the committee to ask the department on how they would deal with these reservations. Uh, the department came with a proposed e-list with which we have checked with the state law advisor and we are in agreement that the e-list actually addresses the concerns that were raised by the president. So if you see on the on the e-list um, number one, it says that on page five from line 35, we are to omit paragraphs A and B. And that is um, the reservation that was raised by the president with regards to 7A and 7B. The, um, the act currently um, doesn't give um, powers to the national government and the provincial government to conclude any subsidized um, services contracts or negotiated contracts that are contemplated in section 41 of the act. So we are proposing that um, those amendments be omitted. So meaning that they would be removed from the proposed um, bill. Then the second um, line on the e-list, it says that on page six from line one, we are to remember paragraph C um, to H to be A to F. That is just um, an editorial um, amendment since we have deleted those two paragraphs. And then on page six from line 33 to omit subparagraph 20, Roman figure 26, and to substitute the following paragraph. So now um, concluding subsidized, the municipality has the power to conclude subsidized service contracts, commercial services contracts, negotiated contracts and stopgap contracts contemplated in section 41A with operators for services within their areas of jurisdiction subject to section nine. The effect of that is that in the bill that was proposed, there was a proviso which provided that the municipal sphere of government will only enter into contracts if the municipality meets the requirements and criteria prescribed by the minister under subsection 10D and the minister has certified in writing that it has complied. So since the president has um, raised reservations along the lines of the municipality, um, provincial and national government to enter into contracts and also for municipality to meet a certain criteria before they could enter into the contracts. So that proviso will now be deleted. It will not be part of the amendments anymore. And then on page six um, from line 41 to omit paragraphs I and J, um, those are paragraphs R and J that are on the screen. They also um, related to the fact that the municipality, if they could enter into these contracts or if they should enter into contracts, they must apply um, to the minister for exemption if they feel that they meet the criteria that the minister will prescribe. But since we are removing that provision altogether, hence um, now we are proposing this amendment. So this will also be omitted from the bill. And then on page seven from line one, we are proposing that um, paragraphs K to M be omitted. Paragraph K to M proposed a deletion of section 11.3 and 11.5, which empowers the MEC to assign functions contemplated in subsection 1B. Um, of the Act to a municipality subject to the Constitution and the Municipal Systems Act. Those two provisions will remain in the Act. They will not be removed. And then uh, the amendment um, to paragraph M 
which we are also proposing that it be um it it stays like it is in the act so uh the deletion won't take place anymore so the the parts that are in square and in and bolded will remain in the act so the effect of that is that um the act will remain the same this was also a consequential amendment to the new proposed provisions in relation to municipalities meeting the said criteria. So the provision will remain the same in the Act. On page seven, from line one, we are to omit uh, paragraph K2M. And this is also to omit the proviso that reads that provided that the municipality complies with the criteria and requirements prescribed by the minister under subsection 10D. Um, so that proviso will be deleted and it won't be part of the proposed bill. On page 7, from line 30 to omit paragraph B, um, the, para the paragraph that would be omitted provides that the deleted proviso does not apply to municipalities anymore. So there's no need for that amendment since we are removing that um, requirement. The next one is on page seven from line 52 to omit and and to substitute a full stop. That is also an, an editorial amendment since the next paragraph will be deleted. On page seven from line 53 to omit a paragraph D. Paragraph D empowers the minister to prescribe the requirements and criteria which municipalities must comply with in order to conclude the contracts stipulated in section 11.1, see Roman numeral 26. The provision in relation to the contracts and the municipalities is being removed from the bill, thus the paragraph will be deleted. That is the end of the presentation, Chair. Thank you very much. Um, remembering your names, oh, there you are. Yes, Chair. Thank you very much. Honorable members, here we are. Are we ready to okay? There we are. Honorable Hunsinger. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, the central question <clears throat> in this presentation from our side would be a simple one, and that is whether the changes that's just been presented to us, whether this would now make this constitutionally sound. Um, so if we could just get some indication of that and maybe some more explanation around this, I think it would be suffice. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Hunsinger. Ma'am, Unultan. Um. Thank you, Chair. Yes, um, Chair, um, the amendments that are proposed in the A-list will ensure that um, the bill is um, constitutionally sound and it addresses all the concerns that were raised by the President. Remember, the biggest issue that the President had was the fact that the provinces and um, national government would now have powers to enter into contracts that are reserved only that which um, powers only reserved for municipalities without invoking the provisions of section 100 and section 139 of the constitution 
So um, they've ensured that those provisions are now removed. So um, municipalities will remain the relevant authority to enter into contracts. And if, if provinces feel that the municipalities are not entering into contracts or they're not fulfilling their obligations, they would have to use um, Section 139 of the Constitution to um, take over the administration of that municipality. And um, so the municipalities won't have, there won't be any prescribed requirement by the minister. The municipalities won't have to apply for any exemption. So things will stay the same in that regard. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, uh, Menol Tando. I see your hand still up. Yes, thank you, Chairperson. I think the reply was sufficient, Chairperson. I would therefore propose that we move forward. Thank you very much. There is a proposal. Any seconder? Meramadwa. Thank you, Chairperson. <clears throat> Allow me to switch off my video. Uh, I raise my hand to support or to second what Honorable Musinga has proposed. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, let's now move to item number four, consideration and adoption of report on the protocols relating to the amendment to Article 50, um, subsection A and 56 of the Convention on the International Civil Aviation tabled in terms of section 231, subsection 2 of the Constitution of 1996. Um, can we have that? Um, uh, there we are. A report of the Portfolio Committee on Transport on the Protocols relating to the amendments to Articles 50, Subsection A, and 56 of the Convention on International Civil Aviation of 7 December 1944. In brackets, we have 1994, dated 31 May 2022. The Portfolio Committee on Transport having considered the request for approval by Parliament of the protocols relating to the amendment to Articles 50, A and 56 of the Convention of International Civil Aviation, 7 December 1954, referred to it, recommends that the House in terms of Section 231, subsection 2 of the Constitution of 1996, approve the set Convention. Um, honorable members, we we have dealt with this matter earlier on. Um, not today. And uh, what was left was for us to adopt um, this report. Anyone who moves for the adoption? Let's see hands. 
the report is in front of us. Chairperson, my hand is raised, but uh, it doesn't seem to. Okay, no, I, I can see it now, Honorable McDonald. Chairperson, I propose the adoption of the report and uh, that we can continue with that. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Any second? Thank you very much. The report is adopted. Um, can we then uh, thank you very much? Item number five. It will be the consideration of the draft report on the petition. Uh, I see somebody here's face from residents of Ukashamba local municipality, KwaZulu-Natal province, calling on the assembly. Uh, to investigate the state of roads in their communities. Finalization of recommendations. Right, here is the report. Can we be quickly taken through the report? Morning, Chairperson, morning, members. Um, Members will see the report was circulated. Um, the one thing I just want to show members, <laughs> um, the petition was sent with, to us with this spelling, but we do recognize that it can either be a O or a U. Both are used and accepted, uh, but we, for purposes of the report, we are just um, using the spelling uh, that was in the petition as it was tabled. Um, uh, so we just indicate the time period uh, on when we did the oversight, as well as when we received the initial presentation from the um, petitioners. Just an introduction, um, background of the petition, um, based on um, who they indicated supported the petition, uh, and the highlights out of the petition, the concerns regarding the roads, and the request from the petitioners. Then there's just a little bit of background regarding the municipality. The consideration of the petition uh, to show that this was the first meeting we had with the petitioners that did presentations and that they gave overview on the following roads, even though we did note that um, they did give a list of roads, but it was not confined only to those roads. They also indicated the economic impact of the road infrastructure and the intervention requested from the committee. Then we indicate uh, the oversight uh, that we the committee did in April, towards the end of April. And then uh, we indicate the status quo update based on the input that the committee received from the KwaZulu-Natal Department of Transport regarding these roads. Uh, so that it just indicates the conditions of the roads, um, the, the period um, to which their the, uh, work is estimated, um, and how far they are with addressing these concerns. 
the members will recall, this is from those um, <clears throat> those presentation notes that we received there from the department. So I'm just going through this quickly because that was read by members during the um, engagements. Also indicating the budget that they uh, provided from the department side to address um, some of these concerns in the area. And then we get to the committee observations. Um, members will see uh, um, these were notes that, that I um, took and the, the support staff took while we were on site. And we hope that we captured all the concerns of members. So specifically to start with the R74, on route to the first petition site, members stopped at a fallaway section of the road on the R74 in the Free State Province side of the road, next to the Sterkfontein Dam Nature Reserve on the side of the road going north or the dam side. This is a two-lane road, which is effectively reduced to a single lane at this point. The yellow barriers in place are very close to the fallaway portion, and there is a 10-meter crack heading north past the one barrier, which indicates that the road is deteriorating further and could fall away even more. The safety and warning signs to alert to this are inadequate. There were also a number of potholes along the R74 going uh, before going from Free State to the KZN portion of the road. Further along the R74, just past the turn off for Little Switzerland, uh, was the first stop along the petition road inspections. Members saw a 20 to 30 meter section of road sinking in an almost triangle shape. The only warning signs or traffic calming measures are speed bumps five meters before the road slippage on either side. The road appears to be slipping downhill, and this may be due to poor construction as well as tectonic plates and sedimentary basin movement of the earth underneath the road. There appears to be earth cracking and movement downhill towards the nature reserve. The stormwater drainage on the hillside is overgrown with grass. Heavy trucks have been barred from using the road with the use of road signage at the Bergville side. However, there is no law enforcement to enforce this. From the community members, the committee was informed that the road was constructed in 2011 and that the current road damage already started and was reported in 2019-2020. There is no stormwater pipe running underneath the road to direct water away from the road. The storm drainage in place appears to be insufficient for the slope of the hill next to the road. On the face of it, it appears that the road construction layers or components of the road structure may not be adequate for the vehicle loads using the road. This road is used by tourism industry farmers, uh, both grain and a piggery that's nearby, local communities, and as an alternative to the N3 toll route. But the ban on heavy trucks means that farmers must use the roads via Bergville and the R616 to reach the N3, which is quite a long detour to reach Gauteng. Further along the R74, just past the turn off to Berghaus and Cottages, there's a massive fallaway or sinkhole uh, on the left side of the road heading to Bergville. There was a stop-go system in place with no shelter or bathroom facilities for the two officials placed there to manage the traffic flow. The concrete barriers near the hole were already only, were allegedly only placed at the site in March 2022. There's no storm drainage 
infrastructure next to the road visible. However, further down there's infrastructure, but it has been overgrown with grass. The stormwater pipe running underneath the road to allow for the natural water movement from the waterfall near the road down into the valley was clearly not of a suitable material to handle the volume of water. This caused the pipe to split and water pooling under the road, thereby causing erosion of the ground under the road, leading to the fall away. Looking at the natural hills near the road, one can see that the area is prone to erosion and greater care should have been taken in the construction of this road and water drainage. On the face of it, it appears that the road construction layers or components of the road structure may not be adequate for the vehicle loads using the road. This road is used by tourism industry farmers, local communities, and as an alternative to the N3 toll route, but the ban on heavy trucks means that the farmers must use roads via Bergville and the R616 to reach the N3, which is quite a long detour to reach Gauteng. There's also a further crack in the road for five meters from the fall away past the one concrete barricade, and this indicates that the road may fall away further. This road damage also allegedly started three, uh, this should just be allegedly started three years ago. Um, has been reported but not re repaired. In the 2015 Google Street View images of the section of road, you can see pothole patching in progress. I just added that as a side note for members. Uh, then regarding the road from uh, Kwaima to Bonjaneni, the road from um, Kwaima to Bonjaneni is very poor and full of potholes. There are roadside cracks and temporary dugout storm drainage. The road before Bojanini Primary School shows some cutaway work to repair potholes, but due to the poor state of the road and further damage, the cars practically drive on a gravel road. There's a contractor on site under a 4 million rand PRMG contract to only focus on storm drainage. That was per the information from the officials that were on site there with members. Then for the R304 or the bridge crossing the Tugela River, on the R304 at the bridge crossing the Tugela River on your way to Rugged Glen Nature Reserve, there's another fall away portion of the road due to the bridge retaining wall falling away. This makes the bridge inaccessible for vehicles and prone to further water damage until it is repaired. This damage is alleged to have occurred following the February 2022 floods in the region. There are railings missing from the bridge and the road surface has signs of past pothole repairs. The road is closed with a warning sign erected by the Royal Natal Management. Vehicles wanting to access the reserve must use Klalanati Road. Sorry for that, members. My tongue is tied this early in the morning. The road from Mazizini to Zulisha. On the road to and from Mazizini to Zulisha, the entire road is extremely poor with potholes and strips of road degraded. During a meeting with community members of Mazizini Ward 9, members described how the degradation of roads prevent tourists visiting, leads to job losses, and lead to them unable to support communities. Roads are poorly constructed and never repaired. The roads have been poor since 1990, and communities struggle to get access to the clinic services. In some cases, ambulance services refuse to use the roads. The community questioned how much funds were budgeted for road repairs as they do not see any road repairs in the area. Then the R600 from Winterton to Cayley Mountain Resort. 
The R600 from Winterton to Cayley Mountain Resort is also in a poor condition. This includes the D277 to the D184, which are full of potholes and strips of pushed up tar. Sections of the road have seemingly turned back into gravel roads and the uh, sorry, and delegation had to drive on the side of the road. It must be noted that these roads, the D277 and D184, were not listed specifically in the petition. During interactions with community members, farmers, and resort management, the committee was briefed that there are 100 staff members and 300 possible persons in occupancy at the resort affected by the poor road conditions. The meeting was attended by staff, community members, farmers, and resort management that use these roads daily. It is difficult to get to hospital or clinic services and burial sites via these roads. Ambulances cannot respond to emergencies due to the poor road conditions. Travel at night is very dangerous for guests and staff. Major farming area and cannot get deliveries to or from the farm to deliver produce. 32-ton milk trucks are needed each day for the milk farmers in the area, and these trucks cannot use these roads safely. The municipality did not respond to complaints regarding the road. Then the D53 and D277 were dirt roads and were upgraded after residents gave cash to do sand sealing of many roads. The bridge gets cleared away after flooding with debris, and the farmers must remove the logs themselves. With recent rains, the area was blocked for three days. The area is the second most visited destination inland, and the tourism and tourism uh, should just be and tourism is suffering. Um, if guests hit potholes, they simply refuse to return. Uh, then the non-attendance of the visit by the Okatlamba local municipality and the KwaZulu-Natal Department of Transport members noted the non-attendance of the local municipality and senior officials of the KZN Department of Transport at the site visits, as well as community briefings. Uh, then for committee recommendations, as indicated here, we need to finalize this with members. Uh, today, we wanted to do this last week, uh, but that was moved due to the mini plenaries. Uh, so once we get members' input, uh, that then will be removed. So the uh, proposed recommendations taken from uh, some of the comments made by members during the oversight uh, are as follows, that the department and the KwaZulu-Natal Department of Transport report to the committee monthly from the date of adoption of this report by the House on progress to fix the roads indicated in the petition. The department report to the committee when provincial roads are handed over to Sunroll, including but not limited to the date of the transfer, the length of road transferred, and when projects will start to repair the roads. The department and the KwaZulu-Natal Department of Transport supply the committee with information requested during engagements on when the listed roads were constructed, listing the name of the contractors that worked on the roads, the budget spent to construct and repair these roads during the past 10 years and the estimated budget to repair these roads, and that the Department and the KwaZulu-Natal Department of Transport report on all petitions and or complaints received from communities in the area on these roads for the past five years. Uh, so, Chairperson, that is the draft um, report on the oversight uh, with specific focus on the petition. 
uh, for members further input. Thank you, Chair. Emma Zizini Naso Kasamba Advocate. Um, I would want you to say next time we engage on those areas. Members, are there any further recommendations before this report can be adopted? If they are, I see the first hand of Honorable Sitolo will be followed by Honorable McDonald. Are those the only two hands? Honorable Bidmay, Honorable Ketamabala. We now have four hands. And then um, Honorable Miriam Ramadwa. In that order, please. Uh, Chairperson, thank you very much. And uh, thank you very much to Advocate Nell for taking us through the report. Chair, I want to make a general comment, and I suppose it will filter down. I don't know whether Advocate Nell would be able to construct it as a recommendation of some sort. But this goes back to, I think, something that is important for us to consider as a committee and perhaps also um, include the department in as far as their role is concerned. Chair, it is a fact that provinces and municipalities receive grants from this department. And as such, the department has a responsibility to make sure that they get value for money for the grants that they give to provinces and municipalities respectively. The reality is this one, there is a clear disconnect in as far as the relationship between municipalities, provinces, and the national department is concerned. And this is particularly clear in how the provincial department of KZN, as well as the municipality in question, clearly, deliberately, in my view, did not come to the engagements and the oversight by the portfolio committee on these roads that Advocate Nell has uh, as articulated, because the reality is that they know and understand that given the amounts that they showed us, there was a clear disconnect between the amounts that were mentioned as highlighted by, by Advocate, Advocate Nell on the presentation, as well as the outcome of how these roads are actually looking like. So you've got a, you've got a budget that is here that's indicating that this, is, this budget is, is reinforced for this. But when you look at the, the, the condition of the roads and look at the budget, the, you can see there is a clear disconnect between the two. And I suspect this is the reason why these officials and, 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 and these politicians didn't come to this oversight because they knew that they were going to find it very difficult to respond to some of the questions that we have in as far as the budget is concerned, as well in as far as the actual conditions of the roads are concerned. We need to be able to implore the department to be unapologetic in the manner in which they actually deal with uh, provinces and municipalities who clearly receive grants but are unable to utilize those grants. I mean, a perfect example in the Northwest is that we saw that even the department here 
is not even budgeting enough for their road construction and maintenance and are dependent on the, uh, uh, the provincial road maintenance grant uh, dispensed by the department. And, and, and that is a matter of, 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 of indicating and showing, Chair, that there is clear incompetence that is going on. The fact is highlighted here in as far as the people who constructed these roads. We want to know who those people are. We want to know how they were appointed to actually begin those constructions that have led to such poor state of road conditions in, those over, in the oversights that we, uh, that we were involved in. Chair, we also need to be able to look at the, the actual, the, the, the impact that these road conditions have on not only jobs, not only tourism, um, but the sad reality of people having to carry their loved ones in a coffin because a hearse is unable to access. I mean, post 28 years into democracy, Chairperson, and we're still experiencing things like this. And the department is, 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 in my view, is not taking action against these municipalities, against these provinces, who are clearly, 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 Chairperson, are undermining uh, the rights and the freedoms of, of, of South Africans. And the sooner this report is adopted by this committee, the sooner we can be able to hold this municipality and this province accountable for these injustices that we have seen as a portfolio committee during our oversight. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Mukhaesu. Uh, Honorable McDonald. Uh, thank you, Chairperson, and good morning, members. And um, uh, thank you, Advocate Nell, for the thorough uh, report on our oversight visit. Uh, Chairperson, I just wanted to, 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 Chairperson, the problem is somebody's going to die on that, some of those roads, specifically the road that's linking uh, KwaZulu-Natal with the Free State. Chairperson, um, I, I did some calls yesterday and the trucks are still using the road with that big hole in it. And they are driving huge trucks to succumb, to, to, to bypass the toll gates and it's those trucks that are abusing and destroying our roads currently in South Africa. And these truck operators don't feel nothing, that they are destroying the livelihoods of other South Africans that are reliant on these roads, like the milk farmer that has to dump 30,000 liters of milk every day into the river, um, the, 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 the tourist industry, the, our national parks, and, 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 and it's just, business is normal. We, 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 we were told when we were there that, that they will put up, that they will put a traffic officer there to stop the, 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 from the KwaZulu-Natal side, um, the trucks. We've been, I, I've been, myself, I've been unable to get a hold of anybody on the Free State side to, to, to do the same. Uh, the trucks are still continuously moving from the KwaZulu-Natal side on that road and it's just like oh well if somebody dies somebody dies and and that nonchalant manner chairperson is what is what got us in this mess that we are in at the moment the roads are a mess there's no other word for that then chairperson i mean we, we when we were there we were promised by 
those department officials that they would um, put up a toilet and a guard, guard. They have not reported back if they have done that. Uh, um, um, and I'm unable to, to verify that they have actually done that, Chairperson. Because they have, they have a person standing there the whole day that has no facilities, no uh, uh, protection for the weather. And, and on top of that, um, it seems like... Um, there's there's a there's a tendency that um, at five o'clock uh, it's Chila and then uh, the road users will have to uh, be without uh, the stop and go and um, you on your own and if you die you die so what, Chipperson, <laughs> when you when you send officials to a meeting and you send only the technical officials and the and the and the KwaZulu Natal transport officials decide. Not to come to the meeting, Chairperson. We must be. We must be. We. I, I, we must be harsh on 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 behaviour like that as as an uh, a committee, Chairperson. And 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 otherwise, Chairperson, I'm very happy with the rest of the report. And I think that as soon as possible, that we can adopt this report so that we can get these departments and uh, municipalities and officials to report back to us. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable McDonald, Honorable Miriam Ramato. Um, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Chairperson, let me start by welcoming the report from Advocate. And also to indicate that um, we have done, or we have, yes, we have done oversight in Okatlamba municipality. And we have observed, as my colleagues are indicating, I will recommend that um, we meet or with the department agently, because the issues that are being raised need uh, agent attention. For example, like people are unable to to arrest, are unable to go to the uh, tourist area because there is no road. People are unable to bury their loved ones uh, properly because the car can't go to to their places. So those issues needs uh, urgent attention. So uh, that's my proposal that we need to meet um, the department agently concerning the issues that we have observed. Secondly, Chairperson, I don't know whether we are still going to discuss with uh, other uh, uh, municipalities that we have done oversight on in Pumalanga, uh, and Northwest. Thank you, Chairperson. That's my submission. The Mpumalanga and the Northwest, um, Honorable Ramatwa and Guazulu Natal Oversight Report is also going to be tabled immediately after this report. So you'll have an opportunity 
to add on the recommendations as we are doing with this one. Uh, Honorable Ketamabala Umondis Ostol Genaba. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson Magat. Members have covered what I was observing because. Hi, you see, when we was there, we was there were there were look there were a lot of things that were actually make us unhappy because the condition of the roads are in terrible. And other things, the the relationship between the municipalities, the district municipalities, and 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 the province, it's. There is no relationship between them. So now, actually, if we we, we adopt this uh, report, we have to ask uh, the, the department and you, honorable uh, chairperson, to call to parliament uh, the the provincial of Wazulu Natali and Okatamba district. And municipalities and and we took the state so that they can actually come and account and explain what is actually is happening because people are in a, in a, in a disaster in that area. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. Mandisa Nguzuile Mpoitu. They are two members. Yes, uh, I was talking about you, and you'll be followed by uh, Honorable Makosin. Thank you, Chairperson. I agree 100% of the previous speakers, but I've said it in the past. I don't think the provincial governments are in a position to maintain or upgrade the roads, especially those provinces we have visited. I think it's time that Sandal must take over all the roads, provincial roads as well. And I can assure you, I tell all the people in the Eastern Cape, we can't complain about our roads after I've seen those provinces. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Akbare Liede Peter May. Guan. Chairperson. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Let me also appreciate the, 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 the report. I want to emphasize the fact that the officials and politicians of Ukatlamba have disrespected us as a committee. Therefore, my take would be that they must be called to parliament and be cautioned and the action be taken. Punishment must be meted to them with immediate effect after the adoption of this report. We have spoken to them and instructed them to stop uh, the trucks from using these roads. They are great. The situation is very terrible there. Anything can happen. But the information that we got is that they are still using the road. There is no toilets that, uh, like the latter speaker has alluded to, 
let alone the toilet papers for the use of workers, especially the ladies. They are helping themselves on the field. They are the law unto themselves, according to what I've discovered. And they don't take us seriously. Therefore, consequence management must be uh, the order of the day. I thank you, uh, Chairperson. <laughs> yeah, I go. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank, you. thank you, Honorable Marcosini. Um, I think those were the recommendations, um, and some were comments. Um. Advocate Almanel. Yes, Chair, I will be able to work in those uh, further recommendations um, for members. Um, so if members are then happy with the proposed recommendations, um, the um, ones that I've seen here predominantly is to add a recommendation that there must be a follow-up meeting with the department, the provincial department and the municipality in question um, as soon as possible after the adoption of the report by the house. And then also that there has to be an improvement in the IGR relationship between the department, the province and the municipality. Um, and that uh, as an observation, Chair, we can add there that we do need the relevant senior officials to attend our oversight and our meetings to avoid a similar situation. And then a recommendation that uh, there's an urgent need to ensure that the law enforcement officers are placed on the R74 to prevent um, trucks using um, that road. Chair, I think that is the, um, and then the the, the one uh, from Mr. Sitlolo, the first one that the department must be unapologetic in the manner in which they deal with grant recipients who clearly do not spend the grants um, in an adequate manner. So Chair, if, if, if I captured those ones correctly for members um, and the committee feels that so, we check um, and consider the adoption with proposed amendments. Advocate, uh, thank you very much. Honorable Lawrence McDonald. Chairperson, I move for the adoption of those amendments. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, Honorable Marcosini Chavango. It's not normal that he, he will second. I was just trying my luck. Chairperson. Miriam Ramada. Okay, okay. Mayor Ramada. I'm seconding the, the report. Thank you. I was... I was really... Chairperson, you don't want me to second the report, eh? Okay. You, you okay. jump to Ramada. That is the procedure that you are using, eh? <laughs> no, I... I... You were muted, uh, otherwise I would be very okay, happy to have... Okay. I, I raised my hand before you, okay. Honorable uh, Thank you very much, <laughs> Honorable Members. The enthusiasm of 
adopting this report uh, energizes me. Let's go, let's move then to the next report with the same vigor. The report of the portfolio committees oversight uh, to Mpumalanga. Mpumalanga, Northwest Province and KwaZulu Natal. We are going to have a report and we will, after the report, come up with some recommendations if we feel that they are not sufficient. Advocate Almanel, over to you. Thank you, Chair. Um, So here is the draft report for members. I just uh, changed the date. I will, in the other report, also make sure that today's date is in our heading uh, to indicate when we adopted it. So just as an introduction shows when the oversight took place from the 19th to the 23rd of April. Um, The introduction on the focus areas, uh, the first being the Malotto Rail Corridor Development Feedback Meeting. Um, just to indicate when the committee last had a meeting and um, with the community and when there was feedback on the concerns from the department as well as Treasury. And then the implementation of public transport network and provincial road maintenance grants in the Northwest province. That was from the 20th to 21st of April. Uh, so that just indicates or highlights uh, the concern areas and that the majority of the focus for this one was on the Rustenburg bus rapid transport. Then the uh, third point there was that there was also oversight uh, for the petition, Um, but just an indication here that the observations and recommendations of the petition oversight is contained in the separate report to the House. So um, that's a report that we just did. So in terms of observations and recommendations in this oversight report, members will see we do not repeat um, the observations and recommendations there. Um, there might be a general note uh, just on the road conditions for KZN. Then on the implementation of the public transport network grant in Msunduzi, uh, also just indicating what date we were there. Um, and uh, what the committee's focus there was. It was in the main on the IPTN. Um, Then we just indicate the delegation, as is normal for our oversight reports. Uh, Then the second chapter to this is the feedback meeting on the implementation of the Mulatto Rail Corridor development. That's our first stop just to indicate that the corridor was initiated in 2004. Uh, there was feasibility studies conducted in 2006 and seven. Um, and then in 2019, the department reported it had not transferred any funds to the Department of Transport of Gauteng Limpopo and Mulanga. And the department also contended that by that time, it spent 17 million on feasibility studies on the Mulatto um, rail corridor and of the 17 million 10.2 was spent in 2013-14 while 7.7 was spent 2014-15 so that's almost 18 million Uh, the feasibility study was conducted in October 2014 Uh, the committee met with 
uh, the group calling itself the Molotov Corridor Concerned Residents, MCCR, abbreviated through the document, in November 2020. Um, this group requested an investigation into the alleged undue delay, complaining that several feasibility studies have been undertaken at a huge cost to taxpayers, yet no movement to date has been recorded on the project. They also alleged that government made numerous promises regarding the development and finalization of the project from as far back as 1996. And the committee resolved to meet with Treasury and the department regarding the complaints and report back to the community. However, due to changes in the parliamentary program, the feedback could only be scheduled this year in April. So that was uh, over a year after the committee wanted to do the feedback. Uh, then we indicate the um, input that the committee received during that meeting in 18 March 2021 from the Department and Treasury. Um, so members will recall in that meeting, there was an indication uh, on 3 December 2015, Treasury informed PRASA that the TA1 approval uh, was not granted as the rail option was viewed as unaffordable, unlikely to you social, economic, and development dividends to warrant an investment of the scale and magnitude required. There was also uh, a move to the China Communications and Instruction Company, um, MOU, uh, but that uh, was seemingly also not concluded. And then again, uh, in June 2017, Treasury advised the department to submit motivation to the budget facility on infrastructure in support of the Molotov Rail Corridor Development Project um, for the allocations in 2018-19. The department submitted this in August 2017. The funds applied for were for the establishment of a project management and implementation office for the project as a precursor to a TA1 approval. And then on 5 April 2018, the department was informed that the request for funding was not supported. Um, and those were the reasons indicated there. Then uh, during the feedback meeting, that was now during the oversight, just an indication that uh, the delegation leader and members briefed the King prior to delivering the feedback to the community following the committee engagement on the subject in 2011. The King voiced his disappointment. Uh, there was a request that the delegation write to the House Chair and the Ministers of Transport and Finance on the failure of officials to respond in writing to the invitations. Uh, to join and present at the feedback session as Treasury officials were not present and the Department of Transport indicated they would not be responding to the community at the briefing session. The leader of the delegation delivered the feedback to the community following the presentations in 2021. Um, and the delegation leader indicated that the feedback is based on the responses from the departments as well as responses given to the committee in their 2021 BRRR recommendations. The replies indicated that funding will be directed to the road corridor, as the rail corridor is not a feasible option at this point. The delegation leader further apologized for the delay in replying to the community, as it was already due a year ago, and indicated that the committee would continue to press the request for rail corridor in its engagements with the Department and Treasury and the relevant entities such as PRASA and SANRA. Uh, the community members expressed their disappointment at the outcome of the discussions, as the area was in need of alternative public transport options. They also expressed concern about the PATCO bus contract that was in place since pre-democracy and renewed 
or extended since 1997. And the committee undertook to provide feedback to the MCCR within 30 days on the Butco matter. Um, then there was the visit to the Rustenburg local municipality. Uh, road inspections near Rustenburg. Uh, the first section of road inspections was on the drive from the uh, Mulatto Road to Rustenburg. Um, the Northwest Road R511 from the N4 to Hartbeerspoort has a significant number of potholes and the road signage is faded and barely visible during the day. The Northwest Rustenburg Kruendal Road just off the R104 to Moderfontein at the Moinoi Turnoff is full of potholes. Uh, the R104 from Moinoi has several potholes and several warning signs for potholes. There were a number of farm or mine workers using bicycles along the route with no cycle lane or big enough portion of an emergency lane to safely ride in. There's no roadside lighting, no reflective vests or helmets. Um, this is a crucial road connecting Pretoria to Rustenburg for mining, agriculture and hospitality industries, as well as the only alternative to the N4 toll road. The R104 to the R24 Moderfontein Road, Wershock intersection, is littered with potholes from the R104 to Palestine Drive. Farmers had a fundraiser to fix some potholes on this road. These are provincial roads and links to Airspan Airfield. This is a PRMG road, but not on projects for the province due to limited budget. The R104 Kroondal intersection, Waterfall Moinoi intersection has crater-sized potholes. This intersection is mainly used by Anglo Lonman mine trucks and used the road extensively. In November 2021 was the last time the farmers saw the province deliver gravel to patch the potholes, but this just gets washed away. Uh, members will recall that intersection is the one that we were at uh, quite late in the evening that was very busy um, with no um, road lighting as well. Then the R565 uh, past Pukeng and Tlabane towards uh, Rustenburg. That is the road that members took from the accommodation into Rustenburg. At Pukeng, some stop signs have been run over and need to be replaced. There's also some road damage uh, 1.5 kilometers from the R104 turnoff. The R104 before Tlabane, the road has surface damage and potholes. Roads in town on the way to the municipal offices and the civic center are in a poor state. Potholes and poor on-road markings. Oversight visit to the Rustenburg local municipality on the implementation of the IPTN. Uh, background to the project. Uh, the development of infrastructure started in 2012 as a full-fledged bus rapid transit system. In recent years, due to budget constraints, the project switched to incremental implementation approach and to a quality public transport bus service that can be incrementally scaled to BRT system when demand increases. Uh, the overall Rustenburg rapid transport or the RRT timelines have been amended to start launch before the end of the 2021-2022 financial year. Um, and as members saw that we were there towards the end of April and uh, the buses were not running. Uh, the BRT has uh, started with driver training and technical demonstration and testing of the first bus fleet. 
The exercise is still underway with various routes and stations being tested, for example, station docking, traffic light synchronization. The testing allows for various defects to be corrected before launch and allows for route data, scheduling, and operational data to be refined. Key achievements to date is indicated by the municipality. Uh, according to them, uh, 25 kilometers of BRT lanes and two corridors and the CBD have been constructed. 40 kilometers of walkways and 150 bus stops uh, and wayfinding. Just on a note for the 150 bus stops, the number of bus stops listed as an infrastructure achievement should be questioned as there were not 150 stops along the two routes visited by members. Then the bus depot, according to the municipality, is at 80% completion. The ABT automated fare collection system is being implemented in partnership with Sunrail. Uh, stations are overall at 65% completion, but the municipality has yet to appoint a contractor to complete construction. Uh, then on industry transition, also provided from the municipality, local operators are supportive of the project to succeed. Various agreements were concluded, including MOU, for the establishment of a bus operating company. The compensation agreement was recently approved for 1.2 million per um, vehicle operating license. Um, this is the indication, but they did clarify to members that it is for the route or the operating license that is purchased. It's not necessarily that they will get that for each vehicle. And it is up to 1.2 million, um, as was indicated uh, during discussions. There will be interim monthly payments for those operators who surrender their vehicles and operating licenses. Each affected operator may elect to participate further in Yarona, which is the name of the company that will be operating the bus service. A 200,000 Rand buy-in is required, uh, which is subtracted from the compensation amount. There will be full corridor clearance by using taxis with AFC as part of transitional operation. Then the bus procurement, 10 buses were received in October 2020, with 10 more coming before the end of 2022. In total, the bus operating company that will procure 90 buses for phase one and two have been formed. 34 seater buses with 20 standing and wheelchair ramps being designed. Then members will see there, I just added a footnote there that the figures differ from the numbers that are indicated in the bus. Uh, the buses themselves indicated that it is a 36-seater with 54 standing and one wheelchair bay. The municipality plans to brand and relaunch uh, existing taxis under the BOC. In terms of marketing, the policy is to involve stakeholders at all stages of the project. Stakeholder database has been developed and is updated throughout the project. Public participation sessions have been planned all through 2022 with strong media and stakeholder engagement branding and local partnerships to create interest and momentum leading up to the launch of initial services. Then we have the, just gonna try and make this a bit bigger, the um, business planning and development. Uh, this was presented in table format from the municipality. So they indicated the work that they would have done or need to do on their bylaws, law enforcement activation, Emergency services, the Yarona operating licenses uh, that they would need for each of the buses and on the routes, um, then operations, how far they are, 
uh, with their operations. Then the industry transition progress, they also indicate their uh, appointment of advisors were done, surveys and data exchange, compensation model offer, establishment of the IPTOC is also completed, interim service agreements um, are being streamlined, and then the removal of vehicles. Um, they've indicated that 50 vehicles were removed and in safekeeping at the showground temporary depot, contractual and tax implications of vehicles have been concluded and that a mechanical evaluation and valuation of the vehicles will be done. Um, and then I added a footnote here. A number of the taxis seen at the interim depot were originally registered as panel vans and an investigation must be done on whether or not these vehicles are part of the Board of illegal, uh, Illegally Converted Panel Vans, as noted by members during the visit. Integrated Public Transport Company Establishment, uh, also indicated here from the municipality. Uh, they indicate their progress on those topics. Um, and then again, uh, a footnote that I added especially here where they indicate that their fleet of 10 buses have been branded and licensed, um, is that none of the buses present on the day of the visit displayed vehicle licenses that were up to date. The uh, vehicle licenses on the buses uh, indicated that they already expired in October 2021. Um, so that was also indicated to the municipal manager that they need to make sure that the updated licenses are on the vehicles if they have been uh, updated. Then also added a footnote here where they indicate for the depot that they appoint staff and activate officers. Um, is that at the depot, some staff members were visibly stationed in some of the offices already. Then the ITS implementation, the integrated traffic services, uh, this is where uh, the work that they do with the synchronization will have to come in, uh, as well as the, um, the ABT certification for the ticketing system. They indicate there's a three-year contract period. Uh, the value for the RFQ, they indicate the status, how far they are. Uh, contract and price negotiations are underway and then what their next steps are. Uh, and they also indicated there that they seek to go live in April um, 2022. Uh, I just added uh, on a note here, especially for the card uh, ticketing system, um, None of these systems were visible on the three buses used during the oversight visit. Uh, I could not see the ticketing system or the, the handling system on there. Uh, I'm sure members also picked up on that. Because they, uh, the municipality does indicate here that in-vehicle installation is underway. Uh, not necessarily that it is completed yet. Then marketing and communication, uh, they indicate their plans here for those. Uh, infrastructure completion, um, again, I added a footnote here because it speaks to the table. The table is as presented by the municipality. Uh, 
but the footnote also indicates that based on the oversight visit and viewing of the actual infrastructure, there's a real need for the city to review their target dates. One of these that definitely need review is the completion date of July 2022 for the completion of all stations. Um, because the stations are in dismal condition, as members uh, observed. They indicate their trunk corridors, the feeder routes, um, the number of stations. Um, these number of, the number of stations indicated here is more along the lines of what members saw as opposed to the 150 indicated earlier. It is definitely closer to the 16 stations that they indicate here, as well as two curbside stations. Uh, we stopped at the one curbside station. Members will recall there where the, um, the underside of the roofing of the station had um, fallen away due to rain damage. Um, the other curbside station we passed when we drove past the um, magistrate's office. Stops with shelters. Um, they do indicate here that none was planned for phase 1A. Uh, members would have noted that 1A was the phase uh, along the route from King and Plabane to Rustenburg. Uh, 1B was the other section that we did to Kanana side. Um, then here is again where they indicate stops, uh, 150 stops completed, uh, or 150 stops to be completed for phase 1A, but they do indicate the uh, next step is none. They do say it's completed in terms of their status, but as I indicated earlier, I'm not sure about 150 stops, unless they also count their feeder routes, uh, which we did not see on the oversight. Non-motorized transport, they indicate that 90 kilometers of NMT was completed. This would be the sidewalks. I did not add a footnote here, but I did add it in the observations. Members will recall that the, the bicycle paths and the footpaths along the road, especially on the phase um, uh, 1B or phase 2, um, the side there, the roadside there was completely overgrown with grass and the pedestrians were using the, the far right of the road, uh, I mean, the far left side of the road, in the road, or they were walking uh, through the overgrowth instead of using the NMT sections. Then the project expenditure is uh, as indicated by the municipality. This would be expenditure to date. The members were there. And this would be the expenditure that they uh, are looking for in the next financial year. And those are the outer two years. Um, the largest one being uh, the city 9.8 million for the equipment uh, for the coming year. Uh, that would most likely be the uh, additional buses that they have to procure. Then um, reasons for delay in project implementation. Again, these were the reasons indicated by the municipality. Uh, there were town planning objections on the construction of infrastructure in the CBD in the early years. Uh, court judgment was eventually awarded in favor of the municipality to implement bus lanes and stations in the CBD. 
Prior to this, municipality was unable to start with construction in the CBD pending the conclusion of the court process, and members will see that the court date there for the judgment was 2013. So they could only really start after 2013, uh, but that is already nine years ago. Another challenge was that the municipality could not construct all roads at once because it would have caused gridlock to the motorists and therefore sections of the road had to be constructed in order to minimize construction disruptions. Uh, the other delay was the extent of construction work that included relocation of services like bulk water, electricity, telecom lines that had to be relocated. And another reality was that the municipalities allocated a certain budget in a particular financial year. Um, that should just be particular. And thus the entire project had to be broken down into phases in order to have a budget available for each project to be completed. The negotiations with the taxi industry required time and buy-in from the broader taxi membership. And the RLM prides itself with a supportive taxi leadership for the project. Um, Uh, so I'm, at least they, they were able to have the buy-in there from the taxi industry. This one is one of the largest uh, impediments to most of the uh, BRT systems being rolled out throughout the country. Then observations during uh, these inspections. Uh, so the committee and other officials boarded three Yorono buses to the site inspections and made the following observations. Uh, members will... Um, please add here if, if we missed uh, the observations in our notes while we were on site, but I hope I captured all of them here. It was noted that the vehicle licenses on the three buses were expired. One of the three buses had a defect with the wheelchair access ramp, not retracting as it should, and traveled with a warning signal for the duration of the site visits. This bus had um, 1,632 kilometers on the speedometer, uh, I just noted that uh, in, in the going by, if members feel it is irrelevant, uh, we can take that out. It is just an indication that they do use the buses for the uh, driver, uh, well, hopefully for the driver training, um, but that the buses have been in use for quite some time. Um, while traveling to the first site visit, it could be noted en route that the BRT stop in front of the magistrate's court building was still under construction and not completed yet. That is the other um, roadside stop. Uh, it was cordoned off as we drove past. The first side stop was at the station, which was in the media in 2019 for the roof collapsing. The stop was at the, the Farahatla and Tlabane West intersection. And members made observations and asked questions at the station as indicated in the question list uh, above. Uh, I'm just going to take the above out because the question list uh, was a list that uh, we sent to the municipality to respond to. In terms of the condition of the infrastructure, some scaffold was still up, some support pillars appeared rusted. Grass overgrown despite an attempt to clean up prior to the visit and rubbish was thrown around. The municipal manager indicated that the bus stops are not open for public use yet, but are being used for driver training and synchronization of the system. 
The second stop was at the proposed final depot site located next to the driver license testing center. The, this site was overgrown and has some structures on it. Along the route, it could be observed that roadway infrastructure for the system was constructed, but these lines were not maintained and grass was not cut along the full length of the route. On the R510, especially near HTS Rustenburg and New Covenant Academy, or the Ridder Street stop, it was observed that the BRT dedicated lane road surface was in a very poor state. The station at Ridder Street was the most complete enclosed station on the entire route, despite this being part of phase two. The stops along this route opposite the correctional service uh, or the stop opposite the Boitekong Mall, the Baputatswana Street R510 crossing stop, and all three stops near Kanana was vandalized. It was also noted that the sidewalk or NMT paths through Kanana had overgrown grass and vegetation preventing the use of these paths by pedestrians or cyclists. At the third stop in town, behind Grenville High School in the R104, it was noted that the roof of the stop was damaged by rain and not replaced yet. The security guard at the stop indicated to members that the stop was recently cleaned, but is not regularly cleaned. At the fourth stop, members saw the current condition of the interim depot. Some of the taxis, which have already been taken off routes, and six of the 10 buses already procured. Members noted that some of the taxis stopped at the depot were originally registered as panel vans and could possibly be part of the illegal converted taxis that form part of the public protector report. The committee held a debriefing meeting with the officials after the site inspection about the observations. Members were of the view that they should have found completed stations and stops, operational bus services, and minimal issues given how long the project has been running. Some of the infrastructure was in such a poor state that the structures may have to be rebuilt entirely once a new contractor is appointed. It was the view of members that there was instability in the structure it was, as it was not the work of the municipal manager to run the PRT system. There was a need for experienced staff in the management system to run the service. Recommendations specific to this is that the permanent appointments for the management structure of the BRT project should be finalized in three months. If this is not done, the funding for the project should be stopped. Buses should be running in three months, and if they still were not running in six months, then funding should be stopped. No new funds should be spent on infrastructure. The interim depot should be used, and there is no need for the permanent depot. The municipality should use what they currently have and run the service to start generating some income. Then uh, there were some unannounced visits while we were in Rustenburg. The first one was an unannounced visit at the Municipal Fleet Management Depot, which was recently in the news for storing a large fleet of municipal vehicles that are not being used due to a tender regularity dispute. This was located at the corner of Lucas and Bosch streets. Members undertook an unannounced visit to the Fleet Vehicle Management Depot where it was alleged that over 430 million rand was spent on a, on a fleet of vehicles, which are meant to be used for the provision of waste management, electrical, law enforcement, roads and transport services. At the facility, members spoke with, with the acting facility manager, who indicated that National Treasury found tender irregularity 
uh, with the vehicle purchases, hence the court case to reach finalization on the matter. The vehicles have been standing at the depot for two years and are new vehicles. During the site inspection, members observed the following. Most vehicles have plastic covering on the seats and were clearly new. The keys were indicated as being held by the service provider through which the municipality purchased the vehicles. Many of these vehicles are the vehicles they need to cut grass, repair roads and fill potholes and grade gravel roads. The traffic law enforcement vehicles were stored at the DLTC as the fleet depot was full. It was indicated that the refueling system was a problem and the diesel avail available at the depot was not suitable for the refueling of the BRT bus services and many of the new purchased vehicles. In terms of fleet management of other vehicles in use, the acting manager indicated that there were problems with procuring vehicle parts and the city is at a point where if a vehicle breaks down and there are no parts for repairs, the vehicles are just parked at the depot. Since September 2021, no orders could go out for fleet repair parts. They do have a deviation permission to refuel the vehicles. Recently, they only had one working fire engine. It was also indicated that there was only one electrical testing machine that had to serve 45 wards. The Municipal Council requested a detailed uh, report on where the court case was by the end of March 2022, and the depot was not being maintained with overgrown grass. The second unannounced visit was to the DLTC VTC, or the Rustenburg Traffic Department, uh, the visit was after office hours, so the facilities inside the DLTC and VTC could not be accessed, but the members note that the property was overgrown with grass and in need, uh, should be in need, of, in need of general maintenance. Members saw several roads and transport vehicles with flat tires, as well as several uh, VW GTI traffic law enforcement vehicles parked that were part of the fleet of vehicles that cannot be used due to the court dispute over the tender regularity finding. There were approximately 20 of these vehicles. The uh, next day was the meeting with the Northwest Province Department of Public Works and Roads. The administrator of the Northwest Province Department the committee on its 10-year master plan for the implementation of strategic road infrastructure in the province. The plan focuses on socioeconomic, ecotourism, and rural access roads. The plan further serves as an instrument used for planning and implementation of roads in the province since 2019-2022 financial year, and the department has been able to implement 93 road projects to date. The activities implemented through the master plan include upgrades, rehabilitation, or reconstruction, and maintenance of provincial road infrastructure network. The provincial department has developed and installed a sophisticated software-based road asset management system, or RAMS, which is continuously updated, upgraded, and expanded to meet with current technological developments. The department has commissioned another study in the financial year 2020-21, which covers all provincial roads and will further provide an update, updated information pack to update the 10-year master plan. Um, the master plan is composed of the following programs, planning and design, preventative or periodic maintenance, routine maintenance, re-graveling re and block paving of access rural roads, reseal, rehabilitation, upgrading from gravel to service standard, tar bridges and major culverts, and road asset management system.
according to the latest revised records on their RAMs, they um, manage approximately 19,668 kilometers of roads in total. Uh, the road network has been decreasing uh, due to continuous transfers of the roads to Sunrock. This is primarily because of a lack of proper maintenance as a result of inadequate funding for upgrading and maintenance of road infrastructure. Reduction in length of road network assets is worrying because it reduces the infrastructure funding as well. Uh, I do apologize that the table content is very small members, but that was just so that we are able to add it. Uh, this was presented in the the Northwest Department's presentation to members, uh, indicating uh, their budgets. Then the key activities of the program as indicated by the province, preventative and periodic maintenance. Funding needed for this scenario is exceptionally high at 2.4 billion, uh, which gives a reasonable estimate of the current needs of the road network. Resurfacing needs, uh, 4.6 or 3,045 kilometers of roads for the next 10 years. Um, per year for the next 10 years, uh, they estimate a need of 468 million. It is very important to note that the larger percentage of roads currently in fair condition category require, require urgent attention to move it from fair to good. Otherwise it will deteriorate further. Rehabilitation needs indicated an average rate of 4 million per kilometer of road uh, for the next 10 years. It varies from light to heavy rehabilitation. And it's important to note that the large percentage of roads currently in fair condition category point to a future peak in rehabilitation uh, needs. Upgrading needs, um, Translates to 2,514 kilometers, average rate of 6.5 million per kilometer. Um, and that's 4% of the roads in the province that needs to be upgraded. And an immediate amount needed per year for 10 years is uh, 3.7 billion, as opposed to the current allocation of 1.3. Then they do indicate uh, the PRMG budget allocations and equitable share allocations. Uh, members will see in the comments um, that I did note the concern that some of the, the figures presented by the province differ from the figures presented by the minister in a question to parliament or in answering a question from parliament. Concluding report, remarks from the department was that the province requires approximately 37 billion in order to address its roads infrastructure upgrading and maintenance challenges, which translates to 3.7 billion a year. This will make the province um, to be easily accessible and to attract potential investors to come and invest in the province. Priority is given to ecotourism, economic corridors and other important routes that have potential for economic development. The Northwest province roads infrastructure development funding is not adequately funded and depends primarily on the PRMG which is mainly for maintenance of provincial roads. Current equitable share allocation is by far less than what is required with the grant and current commitments. It clearly shows that roads infrastructure is not a high priority in the province, which is worrying, noting 
that roads infrastructure is the primary driver of economic development demand. Uh, then on the observations, uh, the figures presented on the PRMG budget differs from the figures presented by the department and treasury. Contractors that are appointed to perform the work must be suitably skilled and financially able to complete the contract work without stopping early due to liquidity issues. And the minister should have been at the meeting due to the department being under administration. Recommendations that the province should match the PRMG and equitable share with their own funding allocation for road maintenance. The province should increase law enforcement to monitor overload on roads. Roads are eroded by overloading and will keep damaging any maintenance done on the roads. The province should have plans in place to escalate the repair of roads that are for economic benefit in the province. Then on the visit to Sunduzi local municipality, uh, they provided background to the project. Project commenced in 2011-12. The suspension letter regarding the grant was received 18 December 2019. The infrastructure component of the project is currently 99% complete. Uh, the expenditure to date is 74% of the current allocation. The funding allocation of the project since inception is 1.5 billion. The expenditure on the project since inception is 991.15 million. The municipality requested support for the reinstatement of the project to operationalize the phase 1A of the IPTN project. Uh, the project status post suspension as provided by the municipality. Uh, their readiness services were suspended. Project only focused on commitments that were entered into before 19 December 2019. Some components of infrastructure were commitments, uh, where commitments were not signed by the time of suspension were affected, such as the land acquisition and widening of the Musunduzi River Bridge. The roads alignment for WP2 and 3 had to be revised due to land acquisition and widening of Musunduzi River Bridge constraints. The contracts for the IPTN PMU staff were not renewed, and the project IPTN is currently implemented under the Roads and Transport Department of the municipality. After several engagements with the National Department of Transport and Treasury, the shortfall amount to settle all commitments was approved. Uh, they indicate their work package implementations uh, by when they completed work package one and four. Uh, practical completion for package two as from 28 February 2022 is road widening, is tying back to existing lanes over the Musunduzi Bridge. Bridge was not widened due to the suspension as at the time of suspension, the contractor was not yet appointed as there were environmental impact assessment challenges. Work package three, uh, practical completion as from 28 February, 2022. Uh, this is where the land acquisition uh, came into effect the project. This is the project budget and expenditure indicated from 2009 to date. Challenges in project implementation as indicated by the municipality. Uh, there was procurement delays due to non-responsive bidders and objections. Typical construction challenges such as relocation of services, disputes between main contractors and subcontractors, stoppage of work by business forums and traffic congestion. Other challenges were insufficient planning, administrative instability, political instability and the project team capacity. Although the road infrastructure component of the project has been completed, 
municipality is not ready for operations as the operational readiness services were affected by the suspension in December 2019. Uh, this will result in loss or delayed opportunity for the municipality to deliver an improved public transport system. Uh, there is also regression with the progress made with the taxi industry and community at large. Value for money that has been spent will not be realized as the objectives of the project will not be achieved. The community at large and businesses were patient with government during planning and infrastructure implementation, looking forward to the benefits of the system. Uh, now it will take time for them to realize these benefits. Then they indicate their turnaround plan and request for interventions. Uh, implementation has been completed. Uh, the municipality allocated a budget of 5 million in the next financial year towards operational and business plan for IPTN projects. Uh, the taxi industry was united and committed to the project, although the suspension affected the trust between the parties. Base surveys and business value surveys to determine affected stakeholders and associations has been collected. The city has new political leadership. Um, Due to scaling down of the project, the IPTN project is managed, managed in-house. The municipality is a primary economic hub within the district municipality and its strategic location uh, has favored and helped the city to establish and develop a strong industry base. Uh, the project does affect the neighboring municipalities as well. The implementation of town center development, which is an NDPD program that was aimed at enforcing the integration between land use and public transport uh, has commenced. Budget of 100 million for land acquisition has been released. Uh, in addition, the higher department of education has invested 500 million for realignment of Sukuma Technical High School with DUT within the same vicinity. Based on the surveys, uh, about 60% of Sunduzi residents are dependent on public transport. Most of these commuters come from the greater Edendale and Bulundlela areas, uh, which is part of phase 1A. Um, then the observations from members. Uh, most of the stops were along the Moses Mabida Road. Uh, so I tried to get it to the nearest uh, intersection so that we have the location information there. Site one was Moses Mabida and Sutherland Road. So this is the starting point of the BRT trunk route. And this is where traffic congestion starts heading into town. This is access to town from Imbali Township and outside towns. This is a provincial road. There are dedicated bus lanes from here into Church Street, and there are non-motorized transport facilities for cyclists and pedestrians and lighting. The traffic lights at the first two stops were not functioning due to cable theft, and a contractor had been appointed to attend to the traffic light repairs. These sections of roads and base sidewalk for stops were completed in May 2020. The station will be constructed uh, on the center meridian. There were questions regarding the site construction, uh, regarding the date of completion and the fact that all one can see is a dedicated lane and no other construction. There was a question regarding the grass cutting that is needed and weed removal from paving. There was also a question regarding whether the station will be a closed or open station. It was indicated that it was meant to be an enclosed station, but it will start with the open station with only a roof. 
Only the road was constructed and the station construction has not commenced at any of the stops along the road or route. Site two is approximately 150 meters from site one at um, Archie Gumede Drive. The traffic lights here were also not working due to cable theft. There was an 18 month delay due to objections on the site. The proposed depot site for one of the depots is on the left side of the road as you face town. And EIA was done on the entire route. However, there were some issues with wetland areas and offset had to be done. The plan designs were there for the entire route, but now downscaling as the design is based on a bigger demand forecast for phase 1A and will be extended as it begins to be implemented. There will not be a filling station at the depot, but have identified other areas where buses would be able to refuel. There is no EIA approval for a fueling station here. Only planning one depot for phase 1A, still planning a total of nine depots for full operations, consisting of mini depots, but only if the project is running and in operation. Site three is uh, start of work package three, uh, Moses Mobita Road. Uh, the section is affected by land acquisition to be done from the bridge to this site point. There were issues and objections, and this is still under discussion. From here on, the road tapers back to the existing lanes. The site is roughly a kilometer from the bridge and the road splits again closer to town. There are negotiations to expand the bridge. However, the EIA issue caused the delay and the land acquisitions to be from the bridge to the site point. The bridge is Musunduzi Bridge and the road from there is a municipal road. There are business stakeholder involvement and working with them in the province in bilateral meetings. The director from the premiers to work with the municipality and Tequini, the project funding suspension stopped the IGR engagement on this aspect. It was also noted that the site is where the NMT infrastructure ends and it is questions what, questioned why this was not continued. The municipal officials indicated that the stoppage was due to the EIA issues and work that could not continue on the bridge elected to use a raised crossing as a temporary measure, but the EIA was not approved for this. It was also noted that the stop had no infrastructure to allow for universal access. There were no ramps onto the sidewalks on either side of the road or to the stop center meridian. The officials indicated that it was also hampered by the EIA not being finalized. They also indicated that the design was affected by funding stoppage, but that universal access designs were used closer into town again. Officials indicated that there were mere uh, many wetlands along the route and the EIA was initially done for the entire project. The suspension of funding, they tapered it down to only cover those areas they could continue working on based on existing commitments. The depot, for example, is also not built due to it falling under the EIA assessment linked to the bridge. The phase one is a 4.8 kilometer stretch and the estimated passenger figure, figures for this route will be forwarded to the committee. The traffic management plan being considered to open lanes for taxi use, but this would require on guidance by traffic officers at the, as the taxi doors are not on the side of the center meridian, so passengers would alight into traffic, which is dangerous. This third stop area is not paved as there is some final work yet to be completed. There was a view that the taxi should be able to use these lanes by the end of May 2022. Site four, members will recall, is right next to the Prasa train station. There's a large to let sign in the station grounds and the station is not in use, has no commuter trains run to or from here anymore. 
the stop is the end of the phase 1A corridor. The next phase is from here by Church Street and plan to improve the road to the northern areas through town. The original plan was that the stop would be fed with passengers from the train station and then there will be a station for bus stops further down in Church Street. The turnaround area for these buses is in mixed traffic and will use a route of the existing streets to turn around. During the debriefing session, members wanted, uh, uh, wanted to know why they should support the reinstatement of the grant after what they observed on the roads as the responses by officials on the site inspection left much, much to be desired. The passengers gained nothing out of what was constructed so far. The municipality could not do basic maintenance on the road, on the route, uh, such as grass cutting or fixing dysfunctional traffic lights. The non-motorized transport section looked of poor quality and did not look like it would last. Then recommendations uh, for this specific uh, portion is that the figures presented by the municipality needed to be verified and the correct figures must be sent to the committee. The management team for the IPTN system must be comprised of skilled officials that are dedicated and permanent appointments must be made to eliminate reliance on acting appointments. The focus should be on rolling out quality bus services on the infrastructure already in place. And the committee recommended that if the Department of Transport and National Treasury reinstated the grant, it must be phased in with monthly reports to the committee to monitor progress. Chair, um, that is the oversight report. Members will see that the observations and recommendations were listed under each of the specific visits so that we don't have one full batch at the end. Uh, so we look forward to any further input from members on this. And then um, I will capture those. Uh, and if members choose to proceed, uh, Chair, then we can uh, consider adopting the report with those possible amendments. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Advocate. Um, honorable members, there are the reports from our oversight. Let's hear from members. I can see Honorable Situlo is ready. Let's see other hands. We can have one hand for this report. Honorable Sutulo will be followed by Honorable McDonald, followed by Honorable Keta Mobala, Bogus Tole. In that order, please. Um, Chairperson, thank you once again, and thank you to Advocate Nell for the comprehensive uh, report. Um, I concur that it, it is a true reflection of our own observation or my observations in particular. Uh, I think other members might also be able to indicate uh, additions. But where I want to add, uh, Honorable Chairperson, in particular to the, um, the recommendations being made in as far as the Rustenburg Rapid Transport is concerned, I think indeed we need to get a, um, we need to get a clear record of uh, just exactly how, how, how many bus stations are, com are completed. 
uh, from the 150 um, uh, stops that were mentioned, because I think that even outside of my of the committee over, uh, um, oversight, my own oversight, uh, I can confirm that that is not a true reflection. Um, that is the emphasis that I want to make. And then secondly, uh, um, Chairperson, I think um, that the we have to, from the point of the portfolio committee, uh, be very clear in as far as those reports uh, feed, uh, reports are concerned, um, in as far as Rustenberg is concerned, we need to be able to know where they are in as far as the process is concerned. Uh, we need to uh, we need to be um, be able to know exactly um, when are they actually going to have a, a, the rollout of the um, of, of of the bus service. I think that's the that's the second thing that I wanted to add in there. Um, and then the, the third thing, Chairperson, I don't know to what, to what extent um, this will obviously um, affect our own uh, role as the portfolio committee. However, the fact that we have uh, roads that are being used by trucks um, is directly because of the law enforcement vehicles that we saw that are standing there and not doing anything. So they can't, they can't, the, the municipality cannot be able to uh, police, so to speak, um, the, the, the road where these trucks are, are, are navigating or running away from, from toll gates because they've got fleet that is standing, that is supposed to be used by the, by the law enforcement agency in, 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 in the municipality. So how do we then as a committee make, make sure that we are able to then press the municipality um, to look into um, the situation in as far as those vehicles are concerned um, so that they can be able to de deploy uh, traffic officials that will be able to uh, police uh, 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 th that particular road that we, um, that we used, um, that we saw uh, during our oversight, um, that they can then redirect those trucks um, to the correct route because otherwise we're going to see a situation where there is an over-deterioration uh, of the road that we visited. Uh, because of the illegal use by these uh, trucks um, in, those, uh, in, the, in that particular municipality. The fourth thing, uh, Chairperson, um, I don't know how the committee will be able to get a, stand, a current report on the situation regarding the fleet that, um, that is now longstanding. Um, in as far as the, the uh, advocate Nell indicated, um, the over 400 million that has been used to procure that particular fleet um, and the current um, situation with the court case uh, and so forth and so on, because it is an indictment. It, it is really an injustice to the residents of the municipality to have that brand new fleet standing there. Um, and you can only imagine after so many years of, of, of those of the fleet standing there, what is going to be the, the, the mechanical result thereof or impact thereof once um, this whole court thing is settled. Uh, what is going to be the condition of those uh, of that particular fleet? Um, the first issue, chairperson, that I want to indicate, in as far as the Northwest Provincial Department of Public Works and Roads is concerned, um, we saw a presentation. Yes, there, there are discrepancies. Advocate Nell is correct. There are discrepancies in as far as the um, PRMG is concerned um, when you compare it to the to the presentation that was made by the department. Um, administrator, Mr. Moremi. But when you look at the allocation of the PRMG to the Northwest Chairperson, what you quickly realize is that the Northwest has a problem of 
um, spending. Because of the total 7 billion that they've received since 2011, they've sent back 2 billion back to treasury as unspent. So the province has a big issue, including the municipality of Rustenburg. They've got a very big issue in as far as, 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 as their ability to spend funds is concerned. Um, and that is something that I would, I would imagine we would need to obviously have a greater um, oversight on um, as a committee um, in, in, in making sure that this particular province is able to, to, to spend its money. The other thing that I want to include in as far as the department is concerned, I, um, uh, is, concerned um, is that we, we, need to, we need to have a look at currently how many uh, provincial roads in the, in the Northwest are being upgraded from gravel to tar um, and what is the, 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 the budget allocated uh, for each road um, that is being upgraded from gravel to tar. Um, you'll remember, oh, well, uh, well, the chairperson was not there, but one of the questions that I asked in, 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 the, in the meeting with the department was specific to a road that I am aware of um, where a contractor was paid well over uh, 40 million rands uh, with the total budget being 65 million. Uh, to construct a 10-kilometer road in the municipality of Greater Taung in the district of Ruth Mombati. That particular situation, that particular matter is now in court because the department had made a mistake in their bill of quantities or they had made an arithmetic error, which meant that the contract was uh, due to be um, well over 100 million as opposed to 65 million. So we need a report from the, uh, from the department on where are they with issues such as um, that road of D2, I think D208 um, with, 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 uh, with the contractor and having uh, gone to court. So we need a report as a, as, a, as, a, as a committee to say where are they as a department um, in as far as the, the upgrading of, 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 of provincial roads uh, from gravel to tar and of the provincial uh, road network that they currently have. Um, which, which roads must they still regravel? Um, and, 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 and then obviously plan for, for, for upgrading from um, gravel to tar. The biggest concern, and I think Advocate Nell touched on it, and I think Honorable Mangu raised the issue also in the meeting, to say the, the allocation of the PRMG, it, it seems as if the province in itself is not budgeting for, 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 for um, road um, uh, construction, but are dependent on, on, on the issue of, on, of, the, of the grant of the PRMG in as far as maintenance is concerned. Um, Advocate Nell, we also need to check um, in as far as the 20% of the total allocation is concerned, whether it is in fact true that only 20% of that amount can be used um, to, to, um, to upgrade a, a, a surface from gravel uh, to tar. Because um, I think that is something that was indicated in the response, but uh, we could never really um, get uh, a clear understanding of whether that is actually correct. Because if it is correct, then we would need to find out from the, from the department how, mu how, how much of the money they have they used, of the total percentage, have they used to upgrade um, provincial roads from, uh, from gravel uh, to tar. Um, Chairperson, I think the other, the other oversights, uh, for specifically from, uh, I think it's uh, Mr. Mbuz, um, I think advocate captured the observations well um, in as far as the committee is concerned. Uh, but over and above that, I think the biggest issues that we have, uh, Chairperson, um, in particular with the Northwest, is the, the type of contractors 
that are uh, uh, that are contracted by the department to to undertake these uh, maintenances and constructions it's a big issue because it seems as if um there is a, a a culture in this province where contractors start projects and then abandon them uh, thereafter and i think that's something that we also need to um that we need to raise and we to 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 be very unapologetic about as as as, as a committee and as far as um, our observations are concerned um, thank you, Chairperson, and thank you to Advocate Nair. Thank you. Thank you, Mukhayesu. Uh, Honorable McDonald. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, um, firstly, I want to thank Advocate Nair for the comprehensive report, um, Chairperson. And then I want to just make some observations. Um, on the Mpumalanga visit uh, on the Malato Rail, it would have been it would have been really nice if the minister um, did his budget speech then, um, because now, after we've told the community that um, the minister has taken the, the rail off the off the the map, um, in his recent budget speech, he has now indicated that it's now back on the road. So back on the the rail is back on the road on the road map. For, for Moloto. And that would have been very nice as a committee to extend that type of information to to the community. But it is what it is, Chairperson. And um, I think that um, the department needs to give us a comprehensive feedback on the Patco bus situation. And, and that's very urgent because we promised the community that we'd get back to them. And then on the Northwest, Chairperson, um, uh, the previous speaker uh, has uh, alluded to mostly everything that I wanted to raise, and I think that the, the department has spent so much money there, and the buses are not running. Um, those buses need to run. Uh, we Otherwise, the, the, the taxpayer is not getting value for money, and the South African citizens and the poorest of the poor can't use the service. There's no use in having buses and testing and uh, get the buses on the road. They can start working so that the people can use the bus services. Then, Chairperson, on the on the condition of the roads and, and, and specifically the roads used by the mines, these mines should be ashamed of themselves, Chairperson. They literally bypassed the toll gates and uh, and the uh, way bridges and destroy the, the 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 economy for for others. And they are the biggest biggest profit makers in this country, the platinum. I mean, literally the biggest. We the with the, 40% of the world's platinum comes from South Africa. And what do they do? They destroy our roads. Chairperson, I think we must. there must be some way that the, the, these um, mine companies must start contributing to the roads in this country, Chairperson. On um, uh, um they they need to, we, I'm in full support that they get back into the program. They need to revisit some of their things, uh, especially that... Um, the, the 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 poor design of the of the BRT. I mean, the BRT doesn't even connect to the train station, which is the the Braza train station. So they need to they need to 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 revisit that and and, and get a better plan. And I think then we can support them. Um, Chairperson, those are the few of my observations and uh, my recommendations. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honourable McDonald. Let's get uh, Honorable Ketamabala, followed by Honorable Pitme. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Honorable Chairperson, 
I cannot, I cannot say a lot because most of of my items was taken by was taken by other members. But only the first one that I want to to emphasize, Chairperson, is that in Northwest we were victims by by members of of, of the portfolio committee of uh, of Northwest. Their behavior, Chairperson, was uncalled for. Because even the, the, the deep speaker was vocally and they were trying to actually hijack our meeting. I don't know what what kind of, of leadership that you, you do have in, in Northwest Chairperson. It was actually very disgusting and really disappointing when you see the, the, the behavior of, 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 of our of our of leadership in, in, in that province. And the other one, Chairperson, is that one of the of the fleet, because we cannot see uh, honorable chairperson bought a lot of fleet, but they are not usable. They are not using them because of some cases, in the, some court cases, and some actually un, un, uh, unrealistic from 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 the from the department and. And from the municipalities, and because there is no coordination effort that is happening in in Northwest, because even the potholes in Northwest, the roads that are not and, and, and that the, the 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 buses that are not working, they even show us where the bus stations, but those bus stations are not working. There's a lot of 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 things that that as a portfolio committee chairperson. I put I put this I put this one to you that we have to do an unannounced visit again to Northwest because that province is, is deteriorating, Chairperson. That province needs some strong leadership because we cannot say say as a portfolio committee we just visited then then after the day there'll be no 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 consequence management or other is no. No implementation that is happening in, in, in that area. I, I think, Chairperson, I cannot say a lot about Umsunduzi because in Umsunduzi we need to go again, the Chairperson, to uh, actually they need help from our side to, to, to help them so that they can re, reorganize themselves for, 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 that, uh, for that project that they have in, in, in Umsunduzi because. There's a lot of things because we know that uh, there was a lot of of maladministration and, and and corruption that happened at Umsudus, so that we cannot punish people because of of officials' uh, uh, corruptions. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you, Mundi, sir. Thank you, Chairperson. I su- I support the report. Chairperson, all I want to say, Rustenburg is in a terrible state. And I suggest that a forensic investigation must be done there. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. That brings to the end the number of hands I've noted. Um, Advocate. 
Almanel. It's I, I see that the one member raised their hand quickly. That member I had already recognized long ago, and <laughs> I gave the member eight minutes to say what he wanted to say. Maybe he had forgotten <laughs> one thing. Uh, the Honorable Situ. Yeah, Chair, thank you for your indulgence. Um, I had wanted to indicate the situation in as far as the um, as the Northwest Province giving some of its road network to Sandra. So I think perhaps it's 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 the issue again when when you look at KZN and the Free State um, with this issue of Sandra taking over certain road networks, and perhaps as a portfolio committee, it might assist us to have a look at just how many um, kilometers um, of road does Sandral have to take over from provinces, including the Northwest, and what the budget implications of that is, provided that Sandral is already getting a vast amount of money from, um, from the department um, in as far as, 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 as their road network is concerned. And they are, they are responsible for less, um, uh, you know, or the building or construction or the maintenance of, of a lesser network um, compared to provinces and municipalities. And perhaps it might be worth our while as a, as a portfolio committee to have a look at that kind of situation. And um, so that we, we do not become, well, there are issues obviously of uh, budget allocations and spending, uh, as I've alluded to the fact of the Northwest, but let's look okay, as a committee, look at provinces that are struggling um, and where the Sandral with its budget can be able to, you know, uh, uh, take over some of those roads. <laughs> Thank you, Chair. So you will suddenly have a change of heart uh, on the province you're coming from. I hear what you're saying, um, Honorable Member. Advocate? Thank you, Chair. Uh, I quickly just want to run through the highlights that I would... Uh, then be adding to the report um, for Rustenburg that the committee gets a clear record of exactly how many stations are completed out of the 150 stops indicated, uh, that the committee must know where the city is currently in um, the process of running out the IPTN and by when they will roll out the bus service. Uh, whether or not those dates will have to be amended that they presented. Um, uh, the only thing that I can propose regarding the fleet concerns is that the committee request a report on the progress uh, of the uh, Rustenburg fleet acquisition um, and progress on the uh, court matter in this regard, including the court date uh, or by when they estimate that that situation will be finalized. Um, then uh, regarding the PRMG expenditure, I would suggest we add, uh, as we've done in the BRRR reports and the budget reports, that um, PRMG expenditure oversight must be improved by the department. 
then also add a request for a report from the Northwest Department on the upgrading of provincial roads and roads that they uh, are aiming to take from gravel to tar and the ones that will just be re-graveled. Um, that one will also link up with, uh, if we go broader, that the Department of Transport give the committee an indication on how much of the PRMG for all the provinces are used for the upgrading of roads. Um, I think the members will recall that uh, Whitey was in the 1D briefing and he indicated the percentage there, um, but he said that uh, the percentage that is allowed, uh, if I recall correctly, I think it's 25%, but it's not to upgrade it from gravel to tar, it's more um, of an upgrade to paved or brick type or blocked. Uh, they use a specific term for that. Um, but I will try and um, just do a request in this report that the department indicates for all the provinces out of the PRMG budget, what percentage of that is used for upgrading of roads. Uh, then also considering um, the concerns over Sunroll taking over roads and the proposal from Mr. May that uh, Sunroll should take over more roads, um, a, a suggested uh, recommendation that the committee should get a report from the department on, um, to date, how many provincial roads have been taken over from uh, the provinces by Sunroll and how many roads and their locations are planned in the next two to three years to be taken over because I'm sure members will recall that I think the provinces had told today um, to respond to the department and the minister regarding which economically strategic roads they would be willing to give over to Sunroll. There was also an indication uh, from Treasury in the past that um, they must be wary uh, because we cannot just transfer everything to Sunroll uh, there was also an indication in um, the presentation, I think, from Whitey, that he said that the transfer of roads to Sunroll will be limited uh, and that Sunroll, I think the limit or the cap that they are looking at for Sunroll to manage is 35,000 kilometers of roads. Um, so that they will mo most likely not go over that uh, allocation. Then another suggestion is that... Um, it is there in short, but I'll just make sure that the recommendation comes out clear, uh, is that the department uh, must, uh, we can add one, especially now after the change on the Monotto Rail issue again, that the department give the committee feedback uh, or report exactly on how they plan to incorporate the Monotto Rail corridor, as well as a report on the PATCO bus contract um, the extension of the tenders for those bus contracts. Um, I think what is important is that the amendments to the NLTA may also affect whether or not the provinces are going to continue with these extensions um, because the municipalities will have to roll up their sleeves and start taking over these contracts and issue new tenders. Uh, that might alleviate the concerns that the Mulatto uh, residents also had for that route. Then another uh, recommendation um, 
is the possibility that the department should consider how the mining industry can contribute to the repair of roads that are damaged, clearly damaged uh, due to overloading. Um, either we can phrase it as the industry in general the, um, that make use of heavy load fleet vehicles, um, or if members would like us just to keep it for the Northwest in the mining industry, um, I will phrase it in that way. Um, uh, either get the mining industry to possibly contribute to the repair of the roads or how best the province can prevent overloading on the roads, uh, given some of the um, constraints that the Northwest had uh, that we saw at uh, Rustenburg. Um, then a further recommendation is that there needs to be improved coordination in the Northwest for road repairs and public transport provision. And then also, if members agree, especially for the Rustenburg um, fleet vehicle situation, that a, um, I don't know if, if Mr. May would like that to be just for the fleet vehicles or the general um, maintenance and the, the, the also the BRT system running in Rustenburg, uh, but uh, the forensic investigation, that a forensic investigation be done. Um, I think it's, it should definitely be something that uh, is in place for the fleet, um, fleet vehicle issue based on Treasury's finding that it was irregular tenders. Uh, so those are the, the salient points that I took from members, uh, which I will be able to incorporate into the report if um, the members would like to proceed with adopting it with those amendments, Chair. Honorable, honorable members, there we are. Let me see hands, Honorable McDonald. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Um, I think with the suggestion of the trucks that um, Advocate Nellis made, I think um, the, the heavy trucks in general um, um, at, at this point would be uh, um, would be too encumbersome. I think we must uh, uh, we must get the low the low hanging fruit. So I um, I would suggest that we 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 uh, make it specific to the mining trucks using those roads uh, in that in that area because they are the the, the, the abusers of the road, and then otherwise I'm um, uh, move for the adoption, Jefferson. Thank you, Honorable McDonald. Uba Bauketa Ambala Wagastole. Thank you, Honorable Jefferson. I think Honorable Jefferson for, for, for the private companies and the, and the, and the road users. Must just put as, as general. Mustn't just specifically uh, uh, look at uh, at Northwest because that thing is happening all over all over the country. Uh, from from what I say now, I, I I do support that we must adopt our 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 report. Thank you very much, Chairperson. <clears throat> Thank you very much. I see that. Uh, Honorable Manu has made it to the meeting. He had initially apologized and said he'll try and, and connect. We do appreciate that. Welcome, uh, Honorable Manu. Thank you, uh, Honorable Uketa Mabala, as you lower your hand. 
Um, any other hand that want to say something? Yes, my hand was up. Good morning. Good, good, good. Oh, good, good. it's already afternoon. It's already, I'm good, sorry. Good, uh, thank, good thank, thank you, Chair. Uh, good afternoon, colleagues. Um, Chair, I just wanted to make an observation on the recommendations regarding trucks and mines. Uh, I think we should maybe look at it more closely because in my understanding, the trucks that are damaging the roads are not owned by mines, but they are suppliers to the mines of different commodities or moving certain commodities. Might uh, not be all of them, but I think in the main, there are people who are not in the mine or they don't belong to the mines. So if we count them that the mines must then contribute, I think we might find a little bit of uh, resistance. Uh, whilst I cannot differ with the damage that is caused by these trucks to the roads, maybe we need to find a better way of couching it. Because at the end of the day, it boils down to lack of law enforcement. If the provinces and the local authorities were enforcing uh, overload control, we wouldn't be talking what we are talking. I just wanted to make that intervention, Chair, uh, and thanks for, for welcoming me. Um, thanks, Chair. That's all I wanted to say. Thanks, Obaba Ujambas. Any other view, hand, honorable members? Otherwise, the, re the report has been adopted, uh, Advocate. Thank you very much. We're happy to move to the last item number seven. Adoption, consideration and adoption of minutes of the 10th of May. Um, this, this is a set of minutes that uh, Many items that we're doing today were actually postponed um, to this meeting. I've gone through the minutes myself. I've seen them. I've not seen any issue that needs um, correction. I'm happy to hear from members who have read the minutes. Otherwise, uh, any mover for adoption? Chairperson, Honorable McDonald moves. Honorable McDonald moves. Honorable Shabang. Honor Second, sir. I'm so happy to hear you supporting <laughs> the minister. Yeah, for <laughs> the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, thanks, uh, honorable members. Um, this brings this meeting to the end of the agenda items. Valerie, when is our next meeting? And what are the items? Hey, uh, the next meeting is on the 7th and that will be the last meeting 
for the term because the House is sitting from 10 o'clock on the 14th of June. And then we'll go into constituency break until August. So the agenda items at this stage will be the fourth quarter expenditure of the DOT. They indicated they're ready. And then um, the low traffic um, um, amendment bill, uh, clause by clause. Um, that will be it, Chair, and a possible look, Chair, at the draft program for the third, third term. Um, I will send that to members uh, outlined by the end of this week. Um, that will be it because the committee has now disposed of the two, the two oversight reports. The meeting is still at nine o'clock at the same uh, meeting venue, the virtual platform. Um, thank you very much um, to officials, state law advisors, parliamentary law advisors, uh, our own advocate uh, Nell, all our officials, the officials from the department uh, who are here with us today and all the honorable members, this meeting is accordingly brought to a log to its logical end. It has served its purpose. I want to release you and say thank you very much. Long live to everybody. Thank you, Chairperson. Have a great day. Long live the Thank you. Thank you, Chair. and everybody. Thank Long you. Please continue. Thank you. Really, boha. Really, boha. Mudula. Mm-hmm. Send a message to Chambas. <laughs>